Ruthless Raptor Skull and Ruthless on a wonderful journey as we try to figure things out here. Anyway, so we will be sharing our stories. Now, Ruthless, I remember you had said you were still on the fence about sharing your coming out story. Um, did you want to share it today or did you decide otherwise? I said now. Nah. nah? Okay, so Skull, it just be me and you then. Alright, um, do you want to lead off then? Might as well. Let's, uh, let's start this now, shall we? <laughs> now, just remember to be respectful, all of you. You are allowed to, like, just make side commentary. I have no issue with that. Uh, I don't know if Skull does, but for when I speak, you're more than welcome to, like, ask questions and other things like that. That is more than welcome. So. I mean, like, side commentary for me, as long as you guys aren't, like, doing it to be malicious or mean, I have no exactly. issue with it. As long as there's no Ill, um, Ill will to it, then it'll be fine. But, you know, that should go without saying at this point, if I'm right. <laughs> hmm. Alright. Uh, uh, this, is, this is a fun story. So... <laughs> I think the biggest defining thing about me is the fact that I am asexual. It's probably the one thing I have embraced the most out of all the spectrums. Because I do belong to a wide variety of spectrums. But um, being asexual is probably the one I identify with the most. Because it is something that I actually started discovering first. Um, I didn't actually start discovering my sexuality until I was probably out of high school. And I think most of us are... You guys are younger than me still, but, like, you have an idea. Because, like, I grew up in, like, the late 2000s, early 2010s. Like, I even graduated in 2014. So that was really a period where we still didn't have a lot of representation. There was not a lot of people talking about it. Like, hell, even gay, gay was used as an insult during school. And that was something, like, very taboo. You didn't want to be seen as gay. Because if you were seen as gay, you were the outcast. And no one would have liked you. <laughs> um, Hell, even when I was in high school. It's really just been in the past few years. Because even like in like the mid-2010s and probably even going into the late 2010s, it was still a bit of a bad environment for building up like queer youth. But essentially, yeah, like when I was growing up, we didn't have that representation. And I'm sure if like if I did, if I had what students do nowadays then it'd probably be a whole different thing, but um, I didn't start actually discovering that I was part of the LGBT community until I was out of high school. Um, very, I was very much like the wallflower, uh, the, I'm still an outcast regardless, even if I was uh, labeled as gay or not, which some people looking at me would have labeled me gay because I was, you're kind of like typical, stereotypical lesbian in a sense, since I am biologically female and most people would have seen me with like short hair, kind of awkward, maybe asking, acting a little more masculine and feminine at times, like people kind of assumed I was a lesbian at times. I even had one of my friends think I was a lesbian. So like, yeah. But um I, I didn't start discovering asexuality till I was out of high school and it, it kind of just started off as me discovering that asexuality meant like you had no um libido, like no sex drive, which obviously isn't what it is, but you still have problems finding what asexuality actually is. Um I, I still find some sources that, like, I'll, I'll get into this a little later, how, like, asexuals don't have sex at all, or, like, it doesn't make sense that asexuals would want to have sex or feel that drive to have sex. Like, it's not what it is. It's just simply you don't have, like, that attraction. 
and I wouldn't find that out until like later on. But even when I was starting to dive into the fact that I might be asexual, um, I still had people asking me like, well, how do you know you're asexual if you've never had sex? And when I just say I never had sex, it's something I've never been interested in. Then you get people who are just like, well, then how can you say you are if you've never done this? Like, how do you know you won't like it if you don't do it? And things like that. Or like, oh, you don't know. You just haven't met the right person or had the right experience. It's like, that's not what it is. It's just, it's a feeling you know. And there's different spectrums of asexuals, obviously. Whereas I fall into more of a um, sex adverse, which means I have no issue when people talk about like sex or like bring up like sexy imagery and things like that. Like that doesn't bother me. But when it's directed towards me, that's when I shut down. Um, or after, I'm, I'm not going to lie, but like in the past like D&D sessions, when I've had to like DM the role-playing sessions, there's so many times that I just mentally shut off because I knew what your intent was for some of the characters. It was like for the NPCs. It was like to try and like get into bed with them. <laughs> that just <laughs> I, it immediately just made me mentally like shut off. So I, I want to address that here, just like to apologize and also give you a reason why that happened. But um, give you a fair warning on that. But no, like it probably wouldn't be until I was um, what was it? maybe like 24 when I actually fully embraced what asexuality what really was. But even then it was still a bit of a uphill battle with all the like misinformation, people like throwing doubts my way and like just a certain expectation that like I had to be with someone. Whether it be like male, female or non-binary, something like that. But it's definitely very different feeling that. And even then, like, when you realize you're asexual, you kind of, like, look back at some of your previous experiences. Like, I'm going to share this here because, one, I don't want you guys doing this because I don't think you will. But <laughs> for anyone who's watching, I don't want you guys doing any of this. But even looking back, like, in high school, because that's when I actually started dating, I could see, even back then, it was kind of showing that I was ace and probably even aromantic as well, but we'll get to that in a little bit. <laughs> but um, back then, I did have at least one boyfriend, but um, <laughs> truth time, I ended up dating him not because I liked him, but because I felt bad for him. And you shouldn't do that. That's that's really bad. But, you know, I, I was a kid, and kids are stupid, let's be honest. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I, I heard that, Ruthless. I know. I know all too well. <laughs> but, yes, I know. It was bad. <laughs> Don't worry. I know. <laughs> but, like, even when I was with him, I didn't quite feel probably what I should have been feeling. Like, I didn't really feel too romantically attached to him. I didn't really feel any romance towards him at all. Like, I did care for him. But probably not in the way I should, like how two partners would care about each other. Like to my understanding, like that's a whole different level as to how I might feel towards like friends and family or someone who's like obviously like <laughs> laugh at this phrase if you will, but I'm going to say it regardless. But a um a, a zucchini. <laughs> I'll get to that in a minute. I'll get to that in a minute too. There's, there is a whole lot of things you don't know quite yet. But um oh. Yeah, I know. But like it, it is hearing that is just painful. Hey, you know what? We need to come up with like new names, all right, for stuff. And I'll take a zoo, the, the term zucchini, all right? I think 
cute. Okay, thank you. See, Skull thinks it's cute. Thank you. I appreciate that. But anyway, it's like even when I was like dating this guy, like um, we, we obviously like teenagers. You kiss, make out, that kind of stuff. My only thing I'm thankful for is that he never pushed for sex, which thank gosh. Uh, he was very much one of those wait till we're married kind of people, and I'm like, thank God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know they still exist, but like you know, I was thankful for it back then. Um, but I I found I got actually very bored during times of intimacy where we would actually like you know make out. Like <laughs> we'd start, then I'd be like, up, oh, I'm bored. Can we watch TV? <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> which I mean, it, it it's bad. It's still bad. <laughs> I mean, and it could come off as neglectful in some cases, especially when you have a more sexually active partner. And it's like, well, I'm sorry, buddy, but that's not something I can really do. And, and things like, you know, like he'd ask, like, what turns me on or what do I like to do this for that? And I'm just like, I don't know. I've never thought about that kind of stuff. In all honesty, that stuff puts me to sleep when I think about it. And it's like, no lie, it actually does. If I have problems falling asleep, I just think about sex and I just knock right out, like snap my fingers. It's actually really funny. I've been doing this since high school, and it's fucking great. <laughs> wow. I mean, it's it's one way to like go to bed, right? <laughs> yeah, that's definitely a way to put yourself to sleep. It, it works. That's all that matters. All as long as it works, that's all that matters. <laughs> but um, then there's like once we heard you more like the adult years. I say adult years. My my early adult years, my early twenties. That's when I started like going through a whole bunch of spectrums. Obviously, I know like there was a time where I did think I was like in the trans, like more in the transgender uh, spectrum, where I thought I was like a trans man. But I can say that kind of nipped real quickly when I went to visit my family up north. And mind you, these people are how do I say this? Um. In a small town where it's like one gas station, one main street kind of town. Very small. um, A lot of white people. A lot of, I wouldn't say rednecks, but like farmers. um, Very um, stuck in their, not really stuck in their ways, but like they don't really know much better. Ignorant, I guess is a better way to put it. But um, it's not really something I could easily just talk with them about. Like, hey, this is what I am. Can you guys respect that? Like, no, they're going to see this is their little girl, their granddaughter, their niece, their cousin, their female cousin, um, you know, the eldest, basically. They're going to look to me and see basically what I was born as, what they've always known me to be, which is like a woman, a girl. And even though, like, I had issue with people calling me a girl, like, give me, like, she, her pronouns when I was at work at the time didn't really bother me too too much when they did it and i felt a little more at peace after that um whole uh, visit and i actually came to realize it wasn't because i was trans but more because i I didn't really fit into either spectrum because i know i do tend to display more like masculine kind of tendencies but i also do have my feminine moments um, I still, I'm still in between both ways, like the way I dress, can be either masculine or feminine. I've had people look at me and ask, are you a boy or a girl? <laughs> which, which means, I mean, I take that as a compliment because that means that it's working, that I'm non-binary. But, you know, that's just me. But um, I think it would boil down to that I realized I wasn't a trans man, not because I wanted to be a man, but just because, one, I didn't like how society viewed me as a, what would be a woman. Because... I know um, 
most of you are men, uh, Skull, you are a trans man, so you might be able to relate a little bit to this. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not going to say oh, you Definitely. Are. Okay. Definitely. So, the, then, like, you know, like, how it feels whenever it's, like, you are seen as this, and you only, like, you're weak, and you have to be protected, or, um, you don't really know any better because you're a woman. You get your emotions oh, I hate better that. of you. Yes. Oh, I or, like, you get really, or you get those yeah. really, really bigoted kind of people where it's like, the woman's job is only to have kids. And I'm like, oh, no, motherfucker. <laughs> Which you still have those type of people, too. I mean, just look at Twitter. I mean, most of them are pretty much like trolls oh, yeah. or just dumbasses. But, like, you still get those type of people, which is kind of bad. But, like, that was yeah, yeah. a big thing. Um, I, I wouldn't say I wanted to be a man. I thought I did. Just because I hated how people perceived me. But I think it was more because, like, I just didn't really fit into either. Because when I thought about if I actually wanted to be a man and could be perceived as a man, I didn't like how some men could be, you know, seen as. How, like, they had to be strong. They couldn't show any emotion. They couldn't be weak at all. Like, they are, like, everything relies on them. And I didn't like that because, like, I felt like that was wrong. It didn't feel like something I could easily portray myself as. And I feel like I was more yeah. like an in-between kind of thing. Like, even as I mentioned, like, even the way I portray myself with the way, like, my gender um, is, like, both ways, the way I present myself to the world is both ways, I fall into both and neither at the same time. And I, I do feel a lot more comfortable being yeah. non-binary than I do as being, like, labeled as, like, a trans man, personally. So I'm, I'm glad that discovery came along the way, but <laughs> it... The, the last spectrum of which I belong to is uh, aromantic, and that's a... Woohoo! That one's a doozy! <laughs> so, many... I, I find a lot of ace people do fall into the aero-ace kind of spectrum, where they are aromantic and asexual. But, obviously, that's not always the case. You can be aromantic, but still uh, feel sexual attraction. And you can still be asexual while feeling romantic attraction. It doesn't, it doesn't always obviously go hand-in-hand. Hand. But, um... This one's actually a more recent uh, discovery. Now, I didn't know if you guys picked up on this because we weren't exactly uh, very open about this because like, it wasn't exactly the most important thing to tell you guys. But me and Dandy are essentially dan dating. Um, oh yeah, I've known that for quite some yeah. time, actually. Okay, good. Was, I did not know that. Okay, Raptor, I believe not noticing that you two skull and ruthless. I am. I'm glad you guys noticed because I would expect you two to notice. But um, oh yeah, it, it came up very, very, very briefly in a casual conversation we had after a D and D session one day. Okay, then um, so uh, that's when I would refer to someone as like a zucchini. <laughs> but I'll get to that in a little bit here too, because this is it's part of the aromantic thing here. Um, but that actually came up more recently and was something I was a little more afraid to confirm just because of my relationship with Dandy, because there was a certain fear attached to that. But it's still basically the same thing as asexual, where you don't experience uh, romantic attraction instead of sexual attraction. And again, it goes back to uh, when I was first dating my ex, like back in high school. Like there was no romantic love there. Like something I could have perceived as romantic when I was younger, because obviously I'm a kid. I don't know any better. Your fucking hormones are going wild. You don't know what the fuck's mm -hmm. going on. It's <laughs> so, like everything just seems to <laughs> yep. make sense in the most basic of forms. So what I could have perceived as romantic back then, I can look back and be like, it wasn't romantic, not at all. Um. 
So it wasn't until I was like kind of like sitting in the car, I'm driving to work, getting ready for another fucking boring day because, you know, it's just my life right now. And I was thinking on the story I was writing, Otherworldly, which is a fantasy romance, mostly a romance than a fantasy, but, you know, it goes hand in hand. And I remember having this one thought as I was sitting about thinking about the characters and how to portray them and their budding relationship. And I don't know how this thought came across, but like it hit when it did, which was basically a, um, how do I say this? How do I write about something when I don't know what I'm supposed to be feeling? Like that was the only thought I had, but it was enough to send me into like a bit of a tailspin. And I was just like, what does that mean? Like, does this mean I've never felt anything before? And as like I'm sitting there thinking about it, I'm like, I've never really felt anything for anyone. Um, there's never been any like romantic tension, definitely no sexual tension or anything like that. But then I started thinking about like my relationship with Dandy, and I'm like, I honestly this see this more as like not quite a friendship, but also not quite like a full blown relationship, if you kinda get what I mean. Which is where it kind of comes it's, it's more like a really close bond than well, anything else. What it is, is it's like a it's a queer platonic relationship. Um, which is something that people in the Arrow uh, spectrum do get into. Um, this is definitely something that I get, I've obviously gotten into with uh, Dandy. Which um, is basically, it's not that, it's not friendship, but it's not a partnership either. Um but a lot of the interactions that people can have in a queer platonic relationship can very easily mimic people who are actually in a sexual or romantic relationship. Things like kissing, hugging, holding hands, um, even platonically marrying each other, living together, having kids together. It's that kind of thing. Like It's not platonic, but it is, and it's not romantic and sexual, but it can be. Well, it can have those elements, I should say. Um, and again, that's where the whole, uh, <laughs> the, the zucchini thing comes in. So like, these is a term used by people who don't want to use friend because friend really does obviously sim simplify whatever words, uh, just friendship and kind of denouncing the close, the closer feeling of, you know, the two people. Whereas partner can sometimes, um, signify like, uh, sexual or romantic partnership, which... I can see some people not wanting to use that, whereas, I don't know why zucchini, but, like, they chose zucchini, and I'm like, you know what, let's fucking go with it. <laughs> we're, we're here, we're doing this, we're gonna normalize it, zucchini, that's what they are. And the crushes that people can have is called squishes. I know, I know, it's funny. Even I kind of laughed a little bit when I first read it, I'm not gonna lie. But like, it's, it's, it's cute. It, it is cute. Thank you, it is cute. It is um, interesting. See, I've heard the term squishy used before. Before this. You have? Where have you, where have you heard it before? I'm curious. It, it came up. I've been in a lot of, like, Discord servers and stuff where there's a lot of different people that are in different, um, parts of the LGBT community, and I think it just, like, briefly was mentioned as a thing. If it wasn't on a Discord server, then it was probably something mentioned on Tumblr. Okay. I, I definitely believe Tumblr, because Tumblr is, like, the home of gay. <laughs> At least to my knowledge. But, um, no, yeah, like, <laughs> and I didn't really, like, say what really kickstarted my, uh, <laughs> my journey into the uh, LGBT community, so I'm going to share that real quick. Uh, 
<laughs> I find it funny. Um, I don't know how many of you put stock into like dreams and all that kind of stuff. Um, I know to some people dreams are just dreams. Other people, the like dreams are like you know more than just dreams. Like if you know what I mean. But um, what actually started this wasn't my questioning of my sexuality. Um. Or my lack of sexuality, I guess is a better way to put it. Uh, I actually used to be a streamer, uh, I think, when I was like 21-ish, kind of. I remember I was a server at the time when I was streaming, so, you know, I had time for a lot of things. Um, and I remember having a dream one night that uh, I was streaming Overwatch in a basement. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's so funny to think of this. Um, and as I'm kind of just sitting there, I, I just lost a game of competitive, and I kind of just, like, got really upset. And I, and then this woman, my, she was almost like Zarya, I kid you not. But instead of, like, the Russian accent, she, and the pink hair, she had, like, long blonde hair, it was very muscular, and she approached and, um, interacted with me in a very, um... Rom I wouldn't say, well, yeah, I'd say more romantic, like, a lot more, uh, close, like, not just, like, kind of like the queer platonic thing I was mentioning earlier, kind of like that, and it's, just, there's a familiarity to her, and, like, a sort of, like, affection, and I, that's what I was kind of, and when I woke up the next morning, I'm like, I don't think I just like boys, <laughs> oh my god, oh. yes, maybe it was a soulmate from a past life. Oh, I wish. I mean, I do love muscular women. I'm not going to lie. I fucking love Zarya. Brigitte, too. Like, they are both very muscular women, and I love both of them. And it's because they are muscular that I love them. I love those kind of, like, strong women. It's also why I like Luisa, too, from Encanto. Because she's a very strong, muscular woman, and I'm like, yes. I love you. I have no comments. <laughs> I don't blame you. <laughs> We are I mean, I, I can't say anything either. Uh, do we need to bring up the shark prince? <laughs> no. <laughs> Absolutely will. not. We will later, don't worry. We'll bring it up in a future uh, podcast. Don't you worry. <laughs> but um, I've talked enough. Yeah, save it till then. Oh yeah, we will. Not really, but like we will too. Uh, <laughs> Skull, I've talked enough. Your turn to talk. Okay, so, the start of my story is actually kind of funny. Um, when I was about seven years old, right? Oh. <laughs> oh, you know where I'm going with this, don't you? Yep, I do. Okay, so, um, when I was seven, the show Lego Ninjago started airing on TV. Oh, and, and you started um, your little, uh, thing for the, um, uh, the Lego boys? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Like, man, oh. these Legos are hot. Okay, I'm not gonna anyway. I, I'm not gonna discredit you on that. I did see the 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 beach episode essentially where they're all running around, they're like swimming trunks, I'm like, damn, why are they so buff? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there was that. And that's when I was really just like, hmm, yes, boys. Cause like in in school and stuff, like I never really got along too well you know, with the girls. Mm -hmm. Because it's like, you know, get away, you're weird, you're not girly, you're not feminine. Mm -hmm. And, like, I, I, I didn't fit in with the boys either, because the boys would be like, you know, you go away, you're a girl, we don't like girls. Girls but, are um, cooties. Yeah, basically. So I, I didn't really, like, fit in with anyone when I was small. 
Um, it wasn't until I was about in seventh grade that I really started making friends. And that's kind of when I had my first experience with, like, talking about the LGBT community. So, you know. Throughout that entire time, um, I mean, obviously, with um, growing up and stuff and where I am now, I understand what some things were. Um, grade four to six, I want to say, I went through this phase where I was just, like, overly effeminate, really just trying to push, like, all the feminine stereotypes to sort of, like, help myself feel normal. And uh, it, it made me feel worse about myself than it did. Seventh grade comes around, and I ended up meeting this um, boy. He, went, he ended up becoming one of my friends. And I ended up learning about, you know, the LGBT community from him and a couple of the people in my class. And it was around then that I really started questioning things. And, you know, like, how I felt about my identity and stuff. And as I started thinking, you know, I'm, I'm not a girl or whatever for, like, traditional feminine, that's kind of when I started to realize, like, okay. But um, my, my um, thought process was, okay, if, if I don't feel like a girl, then, you know, that must mean I can't, like, boys because you know still in that like weird in between being a child and not child mindset and just everything so i i had a girlfriend in 7th grade for a little while and you know this definitely like i with the romance and stuff was fine um definitely wasn't any sort of like Sexual attraction, obviously. But it's definitely, like, romantically, I, I am fine with dating women. But I would not seek out a sexual relationship with a woman. Um, around that time as well, I kind of realized that my pronouns don't fit with, you know, what I was assigned at birth. So, grade 7, 8, I experimented with uh, they-them pronouns for a bit, and that didn't feel quite right either. Um, halfway through 8th grade, that's kind of when it clicked for me. You know, not, not she, not they, he. It, it just fit. And... Since then, I haven't really looked back on that discovery. Um, when it comes to romantic and sexual attraction, I was still quite confused up until maybe two years ago. It, it wasn't that long, but still long enough that just... For, for quite some time, I thought, okay, pansexuality, because, you know, for, for people, it doesn't matter to me, really, what you are physically. I more look for the personality, but discovering that, I realized that's more for romantic 
this is probably like really awkward storytelling, but um, you know, just... you're doing a better job than me. Yeah. I just uh, I just jump from point <laughs> A to D, then back to B, then all the way to Z, and then uh, back up to A. <laughs> I'm... I'm trying here. I mean, um... you're doing better than me, so don't worry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, go on. Um. More more recently, I kind of realized that like it's not necessarily like just I am boy. I I can also I, I really don't care what people call me so long as it's not like feminine pronouns or like that feminine association. Right. Yes. Anything else you want um, to I don't think I don't think so. Cause I, I know we're gonna like talk more about this in a way later. Right. When once we start talking about what certain things mean to us or whatever with our plan here, but um yeah. Not not a problem. And just to like kind of keep on to like, because you kind of reminded me of something uh, when you mentioned uh, the the Lego boys, <laughs> the Lego ninjas. <laughs> um, kind of reminded me a little bit like, because um, obviously I didn't make this connection when I was growing up, whereas you did. Um, when I was growing up, I actually did find uh, female characters a lot more appealing than I did men characters, especially <laughs> the goths. Um, like, uh, oh, heck yeah. Yes, like uh, <laughs> Thorn from the scooby-doo um i think it's like the witch one i i don't remember what exactly it was but i remember she like the hex girls you had thorn the singer and like that song oh my gosh it's still my favorite one too and there's so much nostalgia behind it too um but i remember thorn it's was one of the movies wasn't it uh it is i know it was one of the scooby-doo movies i know she made another appearance in the mystery incorporated uh show but like i don't know it's not the same as the movie because like she was just sexy in the movie <laughs> i'm gonna say it <laughs> and then like another thing that probably should have tipped me off that i liked girls was um <laughs> my little obsession called lightning <laughs> yeah Hush. <laughs> I I can't say anything. Also, I, lightning is amazing though. Like the moment I yeah. saw her in thirteen, I was just enthralled by her. Like she fucking kicked ass. She was a badass. Like she took on like all the fucking Psycom soldiers by herself and basically freed the entire train while Saz was busy taking care of everyone else. Like she was a fucking badass. And I love like her just character throughout the entire thing. And I do love thirteen three because it is the purest form of fan service where I can watch Lightning walk around in a fucking skimpy-ass bikini, and it is fucking great. <laughs> <laughs> no fucking shame here. But, like, the, and then, obviously, later on, when it came to Overwatch, there was characters like Zarya and Brigitte, like, two type of women that, like, I really love. They're very, like, I don't know, Briggs still kind of, like, has those her feminine moments, but, like, they are both very, like, strong women, like, a very dependable woman, and I absolutely love both of them. There's also Mercy, too, but, like, who doesn't love Mercy? <laughs> Come on. Who doesn't <laughs> love Mercy? <laughs> that just might be me. Admittedly, I will admit this. I like Zarya a lot. Like, if, granted, I'm not much of an Overwatch player. I've just seen clips of each character. Right. So, if I'm, like, looking at comparing the clips, 
I'm a little bit more biased towards Zarya. <laughs> I, I figure you know why. Yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> I mean, like, Zarya was also in first, and Brigitte has a lot of, like, kind of hate towards her in, like, gameplay sense. But personally, like, character-wise, I love both of them. I like Brig a little bit more just because of, like, how she is like she's that reliable squire she's going to be there for the man that she like calls like the knight essentially like you know she's a squire to the knight she's essentially like the apprentice and i i love that about her because she's always going to be there she's always helping people she's very supportive and i, I love that about her but um they're like those those women should have like tell me touch my head like oh my gosh get me, a, get me a strong lady who can crush my head between her thighs like a watermelon <laughs> Did we just get like Poppy and fucking Slayer in here? <laughs> oh god. No. No. Oh, oh my gosh. We wouldn't hear the end of it from those two. <laughs> but uh, moving on. So I'm going to probably put our flag section up first so we can talk about that real quick. So we can go into a little bit more about like the certain spectrums that we're part of and probably like be a little more specific about this. So I will. Who wants to go first? I will say this. Who wants to go first and sharing what they are? Go takers, because if no one goes, I will go first. I have no issue going first. You know what? Sure. Why not? Alright, so... I'm going to start with the buy is for both you and Raptor. So, we have the flag up. You guys have the floor. Feel free and share. I actually discovered mainly because I discovered it because I had like a friend of mine that was like gay and he was like one day I like and he was like he was kind of low-key about it but with like out in public but when if you like get to talk with him a lot he would immediately know that he was gay but he was like hey you want to actually try try this and I was like try oh like um, a relationship on that, and I was like, literally, was like, ask me out, <laughs> and I was like, in my head, I'm like, you know, like, why not? <laughs> hey, there you go, right? And that's how I kind of, I kind of, I thought it was a decent. Granted, I kind of prefer women, more, like sexually women more, but I'm fine with the whatever. Okay, which we'll get more into that a little bit later too regarding our preferences. But um, anything else you want to share, or you good to pass the floor to Raptor for that? Granted, the only one problem I didn't feel like a close, like yeah, I felt it felt like he felt like a friend, like it felt like a good friend, but it just didn't land as well as like yeah. And there were all this shit. <laughs> that, that's definitely fair. It came up that I just don't, I don't talk about it that much, mainly because it's just like, it would reveal more of the relationship. No, you're good. And you don't need to share it more. That's perfectly fine. Like, what you shared is yeah. perfectly good, Ruthless. Yeah. Like, only share what you're comfortable sharing with. So that's perfectly fine. But, um,. Are you good to pass it over to Raptor? Or is there the most you'd like to add to it? Okay. Uh, Raptor. Alright. Um, 
to be honest with me, there's not really a lot to share. Um, uh, how'd you how'd you feel realize you're kind of like a vicarious slash bisexual? Because you're kind of like leaning more in towards the bisexuality more at this point with like how we've been throwing you at men at this point. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, to be honest, I didn't really have time, uh, didn't spend a lot of time, I didn't really, god, how do I word it, um, it wasn't really a long period when, um, I started, uh, like, questioning myself, thinking about, thinking about those things, cause, um, as you guys know, um, no one watching knows. Um, I used to be in a uh, a sort of a homophobic religion. A cult. Yeah, and uh, yeah, that's kind of when um, and I was kind of like uh, following along with that. You know, I didn't want to. Uh, disappoint god or betray him i was about to say like even stuff. in like because obviously i'm not going to say what religion it was but like in that religion like that's like the type of environment it fosters to like it creates a for like a sense of conformity like you have to be part of this and like that's like one of the biggest core things i know of it, is that, like you can't really deviate from what the bible says even though like you know it's it's changed the new testament too so like you know, i mean like, yeah I guess it also depends on, like, which church you go to and, like, which specific type it is. Because, like, I used to do volunteer work and stuff in a church or whatever, and um, I know a lot of, like, the older people there weren't necessarily necessarily open to a lot of the, um... Like, it, it wasn't necessarily, like, something that was, like, too-too... That can be openly talked about or whatever and was so um, looked down upon. Well, it can be also different too, because like it's not necessarily the religion there in that case. It could also be like just the older generation's mindset. Because um, yeah, I, I'll discuss this a little bit more when we get to like talking about like transgender and that um, community. But there was an experience uh, when where I used to work at a nursing home uh, with a transgender person, and the whole thing that caused. But I'll, I'll get into that later. But yeah, without saying what. Uh, religion raptor was part of um i can't say like mm -hmm. the type of environment that was it was meant to foster conformity it was definitely a, a like what, what you can say like in the purest sense and form of a cult essentially oh yeah <laughs> people don't say it's a cult which honestly surprises me but no, i just think it's it... people within the religion don't say it's a cult because like you find people outside of the religion and people i guess who have left it do call it a cult i've heard a lot but then of again even refer to it as that even some people outside of the religion, um, like researchers even, some researchers even, I think, wouldn't consider it a cult. Researchers are weird. <laughs> well, I mean, it really depends on, like, how you look at it, though. Like, how you look at it, what you're looking at, and also, like, which groups you're looking at. Yeah. Uh, I think we're getting a little bit off track with this. A little bit. This is like a whole different discussion. But though, yeah, for uh, for you, Raptor, you didn't really have any uh, time to actually question yourself because of the environment you had grown up in. But now, 
Yeah, uh, as I said, that wasn't long ago. Like, um, when I met you, Lotus, um, technically I was still in it. Oh, um, really? Damn. <laughs> yeah. Um, my uh, my uh, condolences. <laughs> yeah, you've probably heard some things from me, and um, I'm not sure if I've ever apologized for those things. Raptor, I am going to be fair right now. You don't have to apologize because I'm barely lucky to remember last week. So you are perfectly fine. Okay, thank whatever's out there. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, but what little time I did have, um, honestly, um, going back to uh, the Ninjago thing when I was little, when I watched it, um, Ooh. I think I might have, um, might have liked Grown Up Lloyd. Ah, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> And like we discussed, Skull, he is technically an adult because he does go through the mental growing up process too in that episode as well. I mean, I, I will admit I've seen some some nice fan art. Uh -huh. <laughs> mm. But uh, well, we get to talk about that another day. Yes, we will. Uh... Yeah, obviously Kid Me didn't, didn't want to question that. Um, you know. Um... Oh, I, I think he had the capacity to question it, though, either. <laughs> I don't think any kid us really had the capacity to question it. I didn't question myself liking the girls more. You guys didn't really question why you liked the guys so much more. You just, like, kind of accepted it. Yeah. It's like, ooh, they look like, nice. This is okay. This is okay. This is fine. <laughs> this is perfectly fine. Admittedly, <laughs> when I was little, little childish giggles, tee <laughs> go, go ahead, Ruthless. You were talking. Admittedly, when I was younger. When I was younger and I um I was like a little, little kid. I always, like, everyone used to fucking, use, like, all the guys would hate my guts. Because I was, I was like the least masculine kid ever. I was like the fat, had like these, had like girlish eyelashes. I still have them to this day. Of like long eye eyelashes, and fucking um, used to be so short, weak, and I would be such a little. I was used to be such a little bitch, and the girls it was like so. It was like the group where I felt like they they were like fine with me. I did only had one guy friend, and that one guy friend. Throughout the throughout the whole elementary school, until middle middle school, I I think maybe middle school subconsciously I think I developed like some type of like emotional bond that made me and later on when I was after high school, I realized shit, I'm done with the whole uh, and also bond. That gets a. Let me bring up that flag too. Well, the demi flag, the demi arrow flag, which going off the story you just shared, like um, how you've had that friend for you know a long time and you developed that close emotional bond. That that's basically what it is within like the demi uh, romantic and even the demisexual uh, spectrums as well, which obviously still fall under the aromantic and the asexual spectrums. But it just um, doesn't necessarily mean you still can't have like those kind of like. Uh, how do I say it? You can't feel that kind of attraction. It's just you only feel it when there's that close bond established. Yeah. 
I mean, hell, even I thought I was demi romantic at first too because um the the like the squishes that I would feel, I would only really feel when I would had gotten close to friends. That's how it was with Dandy too. Like um when I started actually kind of like feeling something what i had assumed was like obviously romantic feelings because well how the fuck am i supposed to know i don't know the fuck i'm supposed to be feeling and when i when i felt this i was like oh i I, it's just i'm demi i'm demi romantic i only really will fall for someone that i've you know established a close relationship with that in the course until i realized i was arrow but that that's that's something else entirely but um but that's that's Demi right there. Uh, going into the next one, Skull. I'm gonna give you the floor for this one because it what? is the M slash M flag. Oh, like the oh. uh, the gay men flag. <laughs> this is this is where you get to shine because you know this is this is you. <laughs> so um, I don't really like necessarily have a story with this specifically but um imagine like the rainbow flag and how that was like before sort of seen as like okay like just generally gay but take that turn it into this and think just men basically i think it's also kind of like modeled after the old uh lesbian flag Uh, there's a lot of lesbian flags um, I was reading, and, like, it's supposed to be more modeled after the original seven-color, or whatever it was, uh, flag. Oh, really? Well, she... Just with different colors. Yeah. And, um, I think a couple of different meanings. I, I was looking at it, and I thought it was pretty interesting, but, um... Just... That each color stands for something different. Uh, I could not tell you off the top of my head what those different color meanings are. Right. I mean, to be but fair, I don't it's, think it's, I it's would really do that right now. We'd have to like <laughs> genuinely look it up, and I'm just like, I don't feel like doing research right now. To be entirely honest with you, but yeah. if I wanted to, like generally share with all because like every flag means something but overall it's it's meant these things are meant to obviously uh provide a sense of unity like these are supposed to be something that we can wave around and show what communities we are part of and just like kind of show off to obviously other people in those communities like hey here i am i want to like i'm part of the same community too like look at me that's kind of like it's basically what these are and we're just kind of sitting here like hey here we are with these flags these are what we are too which, uh, let me see, where should, actually, for you, oh no, I didn't add it, okay, well, um, I have it here, kind of, uh, I'm, I'm bringing up the basic pride, not basic pride flag, I'm bringing up the progressive pride flag, just because it has part of the trans flag in there, and I forgot to do the trans flag, so I apologize. <gasps> how dare. I know, how dare, alright, I know, <laughs> I know, but, um. Yeah, no, I forgot it. And it has some of the trans colors on there, because, you know, progressive flag. Yeah. But, you know, it, it works. So, um, it just works. With, um, with the uh, colors of the trans flag, you have what is the typical color association for baby boys, which is blue. 
the typical color association of the pink for baby girls, and then the white symbolizes everyone who is, you know, transitioning, non-binary, gender fluid, just anyone who doesn't associate with, you know, what they were assigned as at birth. Or, um, I think it also, um, the white is also inclusive of intersex people as well. So it's just big, big, big umbrella. But, um, for for me, smaller ones in there. (laughs) Yeah. Um,. I guess for me, the flag really just is a symbol of me coming to terms with me. You know, I, I I know, you know, why I felt the way I did when I was younger, and I'm at peace with it now. There, there are still some things, you know, that I want to do and change, but, you know, for where I am now, I'm a lot happier knowing who I am. No, that's good. And you know, while we're on the uh, the topic of like trans uh, gender, I do want to share one story. It's not necessarily my story, but it's um one I kind of saw unfold, and it kind of also goes into earlier how you were talking about like uh, older people not really accepting um these ideas. Um, when I used to work at a nursing home, and <laughs> it was a fun time. Uh, mm-hmm. that was I believe. Towards the end of the time when I was a housekeeper, which I think I was a housekeeper there for maybe about a year before I switched over to dietary, but um, uh, right when they were kind of like making changes, they kind of sold the department out to like, another kind of company. They got rid of the supervisor we did have and brought in a new supervisor. Now, at the time when they came in, their name, I think, was John? John, I think. I could be wrong. But, um... And this is where some of the issues like came in with uh, more of the like elderly folk. Oh, there's a there's Dandy following, um, with the elderly folk because when had John had came in, uh, it wasn't I think maybe about a week after they came in, they kind of made an announcement to I think it was first the housekeeping department and then like obviously to the other supervisors, was that they would begin transitioning. And that they would no longer be called John, but they would be known as Sarah. <gasps> yes. Uh, she was transgender, and she started her transition when she joined us. Like, after she joined us. Um, obviously, this caused some issues, because like, you're, you're surrounded by a bunch of old folks. <laughs> That's, it's like, even yeah. when I was walking around amongst the old folks, every so often I'd hear them call out, Hey, mister, come over here! And I'd have to, like, roll my eyes and head on over and be like, what do you need, sir? Because they saw me as a man because of my short hairstyle. Because I had a short hairstyle, they assumed I was a man. That's, that's kind of how it was. And um, with Sarah coming in and being her transitioning afterwards, um, you know, you still had a lot of the old folks still referring to her as, you know, her dead name, referring to her as a he, him. Even though, like, you could tell there was a clear difference. Like, she was starting to wear more feminine clothes. Um, you could see there was starting to begin the transition there. And I think what really got under my skin a little bit was how some of the staff was actually handling it. And mind you, these are people who are, like, maybe a little older than me. Like, some people, like, in their 20s at the time when I was, like, 18, 19. So I was still, like, a teenager, technically. 
but um these people who are in their 20s and they're just like ah man it sucks now he was so cute when he like before he started doing all this like still kind of like being disrespectful in that regard where like referring to her as him and i didn't really hear them refer to her as like um by her dead name but it was still the kind of thing like oh it's such a shame and then obviously like i'm stuck with some of the older um housekeepers who are just like but i don't understand what does all this mean like trying to understand it to them but they're not going to understand it because they just can't yeah kind of like and not say that they can't well, but like they have difficulty understanding it it's, yeah it's more of a difficulty because like or, you go around in or circles, if it's not a difficulty I, it, for some it is a difficulty like um because i was trying to explain yeah. it to x laundry person and she just, like, as I was trying to explain it to her, she just kind of, like, look away. And, like, you could see the confusion as she tried to, like, puzzle it together. Kind of, like, what the fuck does this all mean? Like, she doesn't understand it. And like, Yeah, for some people, it's definitely, like, not being able to understand it. And for others, it could have just been, like, refusing to accept and understand it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, basically. And that's just kind of, like, how it is. And, like... You still see it too, especially with like popular, like, I say popular, like with YouTubers and other content creators, like those who either like are transitioning or have fully transitioned. Like, I'm not gonna lie, those that have fully transitioned look amazing. But there, you still have those people who are going to be like, you don't look like this, or you'll never be a real this. And I'm just like, that's not nice. That's not good. Like, it's it's just yeah. it's very bad. And yeah, it's yeah. definitely something to avoid. But and then like we don't want to talk about JK Rowling because that's a whole nother thing. <laughs> Boy. That's a whole nother yeah. thing. But Yeah, there, there's this um YouTuber that I watch sometimes and he makes like a lot of LGBT focused content and he's trans and he gets a lot of um people in and out of the community being like, Oh, you know um this is this, or, um, he'll get people calling him delusional for being trans. And, like, granted, it's a lot of the more religious people who are very much on the side of, like, this isn't a real thing, this isn't an acceptable thing. Yeah. Saying they're delusional, and then you have other people where it's like, oh, you can't be both trans and gay. It's it's, it falls under the same umbrella term, though. Like, everything's gay when it comes to, like, the, the community. I mean, it's why we have our progressive flag here. It's like, yeah, it's like, you. it's definitely, like, an umbrella term. Gay is become an umbrella term. It's not just to refer to, like, two men who are in love. It is a full um, umbrella term. Because I've heard people kind of, like, be like, um, what is it? Like, non-binary people who just, like, call themselves gay. And you have commenters like, how can you be gay? How like, how can you call yourself gay if uh, you don't associate with either gender when it comes to people that they like? And it's like, dude, it's it's an umbrella term though. <laughs> it's yeah, it's it's exhausting. <laughs> but, uh... It reminds me of a stupid D and I once saw. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh, I'll, I'll share that with you guys another time though. Okay, um, the uh, next one I want to share, which I believe is more for me and Skull, maybe Ruthless, the pansexual flag. Yep. I think I can qualify for that. 
Like he's, like, he's like, either, I I'm not, I'm he's either bisexual or pansexual, right? <laughs> but, um, let me read. Uh oh, we lost uh, Ruthless. Did uh oh, we? yeah, yeah. He, just... <laughs> he started talking and then uh, DC'd. Oh, damn. Alright, but while we wait for him to come back, um, Scott, I remember Welcome you... back! He's back? I think so, yes. Yeah, he's back. Hello? I see him. Um, back. Okay. So, yes. Going into pansexual now. Uh, do either of you want to say something before I do, or what do we got um, going on here? For me, it's not necessarily, like, pansexual so much as panromantic. Just, uh, uh Which, take this and me, let's put let it on top of the emblem like, flag as a heart. Just, like, kind of, like, explain that as a whole, because, like, I, <laughs> I'm going to say this right so, now. Everything is a spectrum. Romantic attraction and sexual attraction do not yeah. equal the same thing. Um, you, like me, I am aromantic <laughs> and asexual, therefore I feel neither attraction. However, people can feel some or little. In which case, like, you can be sexually attracted to a certain type of people, while you can be romantically attracted to a different type. While, like, preferences exist, obviously. But, like, no, yeah, like in the case of Skull here, obviously it's, like, he's more, like, sexually attracted to men, correct? And then you're, romantically, you're more, like, pan. Correct? I have a very interesting. Oh, um, let me mute for a minute. Fair enough. And Ruthless. I I'm like questioning between. I'm just questioning if I'm, pan like pansexual mainly because. I can definitely see. I I remember one non-binary friend that was like, I don't know how to feel. <laughs> That's, that's right, I was pretty decently close. Thank you. It very well might be. It's definitely one of those things. Like obviously, you like you experience, like you'll know through experiences, or just like you kind of know sometimes. But like, yeah. I I feel like also with like pansexual or panromantic, there was like kind of clashes, obviously with like bi, because like not a lot of people also understand really the difference. Because they'll look at the two flags and the two communities and be like, what's the difference? Aren't they the same thing? It's like, well, no, they're not. They're um, The difference is that like, bisexual yeah. people like people based on the binary of it. Like male or female. Well, male and female, yeah. I should say. Not male or female. Like both of them. Whereas pansexual, you don't give a fine damn what it is. Oh, um, hey, there's Kitty. Kitty, if you just followed us. Um, Yay. Hey. Hello. But, but I guess on that, I guess in that regard, with me, it's like, I, I mean, for me, and like, I, I'd say like, technically, you could call me pansexual, panromantic, but it's easier for me to just say straight up gay, because it's a very, very, very conditional, like, there, there are very few exceptions I want, like, not necessarily, like, exceptions, but, like, it's hard to explain. 
preferences. It kind I of along that line, but like, I think it's more like it, just it's a little people like, understanding it. It's like saying what you are versus what people can understand. Because um, I I kind of forgot yeah. to mention this, but like even because before I actually fully committed, I'm like fully committed, but like thought I was like a trans man. I kind of like took the baby step saying I was trans masculine. Um, because um, a friend of mine that I had met at the time was trans feminine, and I'd never known that term before, so I'm just like, you know, is there like a masculine form of that? And of course there was, so, like I was identifying with that, but it was usually easier to tell people I was a trans man than it was to be like trans masculine, because once you tell them you're like trans masculine, it's like, well, what the fuck does that mean? It's like, well, then you have to explain it, and then they still don't fucking understand you. Yeah, yeah, that that's kind of what this is. But um, ro- romantically, I just more for personality you know if, you, if you've got a like personality that just a personality that you're attracted to essentially yeah yeah which i mean it's, it's definitely fair. It, and we'll get like a little more into like preferences here in a little bit like well not really a little yeah. bit but, like soon ish kind of we'll see but um i'm going to take away the pan flag well not just code well do you guys have anything else you want to add no all right and i'm going to move into actually the non-binary flag maybe yes can we there we go it works haha so this is something that i fall more into and it is under the umbrella term of transgender because obviously it is not falling within like the um your gender does not fall into like what you were assigned to at birth, like sex-wise. Um, and yes, gender and sex are two different things. Biological sex exists. We are not denying it. But gender is basically how you perceive yourself. Sex is what you were born as. There is a difference. Yeah. We know. Don't you worry. <laughs> but um, I I am uh. I was female, like signed female at birth. I am born a female. I am purely female, but um, my gender identity does not obviously associate with either binary. I kind of like you could almost say I'm gender fluid at some days, but I honestly feel like non-binary fits a little bit better for me, just because I really don't give a fuck what people see me as, because I'm neither and both at the same time, and it doesn't really fluctuate too much. Like you kind of would see with some gender fluid people, how they'll go like. You know, like days or weeks or months as like a certain going along with like a certain um, like female or male kind of like gender uh, feeling. For me, it's just yeah. like yeah. I really don't give a flying fuck. <laughs> There's I don't feel a part of either one. Obviously, I still have my moments where I can be masculine. I have my moments where I can be feminine. I have my days where I am fucking both. <laughs> but uh, like no, I definitely fall into that category of non-binary because I really don't associate with either. Um, it's basically all it really is. You don't feel like you belong to like too feminine or too masculine. And I've always been kind of that way growing up. And I guess like even without knowing that gender um, expression for myself, it still kind of alienated me a little bit. I think for like most of us can feel that too. Like um, I, I try to fit in with the girls because, you know, the guys don't want to hang out with a girl, even though if you look like a guy, kind of. It, it, yeah, they, they kind of tolerated me in like sixth and seventh grade because <laughs> there was one day I was hanging out with the guys and they're like, you know, like she's the only one that like the only girl that hangs out with us. And they're like, she's not one of the girls. She's one of the guys. I'm like, that's fine. <laughs> that's perfectly fine. <laughs> I was fine yeah. with that. 
But like, you know, it just added to some problems that I can get into here soon, which are always one problem. Yay! But, um, yeah. Oh, boy. Fun, right? Alright, so I'm going to go on to more of a tangent about uh, being aromantic. Who's ready for this? I certainly am. Let's go! Alright, so, to just reiterate, aromantic is basically, you feel no uh, romantic attraction. Um, obviously, I can say this right now, within the aromantic spectrums, and even the asexual ones, but I'm going to get to that here when I get to asexuality. Um, basically, with aromantic, you there's like um, technically three big kind of categories you can fall into amongst like pure aromantic. I'm not including um, like gray... Uh, romantic or gray sexual and stuff like that because that's a whole nother thing and I'm not part of those spectrums personally and I don't want to give off bad information about them so I'm going to sit here and talk about the ones I know personally um, and these kind of like go hand in hand with asexual so but with aromantic there's like romance positive romance neutral romance adverse which I found that one out recently um, and then romance repulsed. So it's very similar to the asexual spectrum where you have your sexual positive, um, sex neutral, uh, sex adverse, and sex repulsed. It's very similar in that regard where it's like, you know, romance positive people are like generally more inclined to accept like romantic gestures and things that would be perceived as romantic. Um, like obviously like romantic, not really romantic, like relationships, like the queer platonic kind of ones. Um, like uh, hugging, kissing, holding hands, kind of like just, and just like general kind of displays of like what could be affectionate, like romantic kind of ways. Um, and then you have romance neutral, which is kind of like, they don't care either way. They're kind of like that middle ground. And romance adverse is very similar to the sex adverse I had mentioned earlier, where you're like, you're fine with people like talking about romance and going on about romance, but when it's directed at you, you kind of just like shut down and you're like, no, 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 not at all. Whereas then, romance repulse is like nothing at all. Like you don't want it directed towards you. Don't want it anywhere near you. You find it absolutely sickening. You just don't want any part of it, essentially. Um, and I definitely fall into like the romance positive because <laughs> I think a lot of us can kind of relate to this. How Disney kind of shaped a lot of people's lives, and for me, it was with the princesses. Like, granted, Mulan is my favorite of them. However, I saw a lot more. We all saw. A lot more of like the um, uh, romances, like the princes saving the princesses through their journeys. And like the ultimate end goal was marriage for a lot of like the early Disney movies. Like at the end of a lot yeah. of the movies, they'd end up getting married. Obviously, you don't see it as much in a lot more of the modern Disney princess movies. I mean, Tangled, well, you got Tangled Happily Ever After kind of short, but like I, I digress. Like, I, I but I mean, Technically, they kind of did that with Frozen, but they also made fun of it as well with the trope. Yeah, they did. Yeah. But, like, you get you know what I mean? Like, you're surrounded by romance essentially everywhere. Like, it's really everywhere. Even in books, like, um, especially, like, in the young adult genre, we find a lot of romance, especially amongst the subplots. Now, I'm not going to, like, you know, take a crack at uh, romance books because obviously that's what it is. It's supposed to be that light, fluffy, fun, romantic journey that you're not going to get otherwise. Like, it's meant to be self-indulgent. It's going to be a, a release. So I'm not, I'm not making fun of romance novels. But in a lot of other, like, sci-fi, fantasy, sometimes mystery, like, it doesn't matter the genre. There's always 
usually, not always, there's usually a romantic subplot, because obviously, like, you know, that kind of stuff sells. It's the same way with sex, sex sells. <laughs> As a, yeah. a, a friend on uh, Twitter was quick to point that one out. <laughs> but, um, yeah. it's just something that I'm sure, like, most of us grew up with, but I can say for me, and, like, just the general family I had, romance was kind of, like, a must, almost. Even though, growing up, I saw a lot of strife amongst the couples in my family. My own parents had a lot of fighting. My aunt and her husband had a lot of fighting. My uncles couldn't even hold down a fucking woman. <laughs> like, they, they were always alone to raise their kids, basically. Um... My grandparents end up getting separated, and that's a whole nother thing. Like, I kind of grew up like expecting, uh, having that expectation where I had to be in a romance, like a romantic relationship at some point. But then also thinking at the same time, what's the fucking point if it just leads to this, leading to all these people kind of like falling apart, essentially. And like, then just made even worse when you get into like. I'd say more middle school because that's obviously when you're more inclined to like start puberty. I know some people do start as early like fourth and fifth grade, roughly, but usually most times we you tend to start puberty around like um you know like middle school, sixth, seventh grade, maybe eighth grade if you're a late bloomer. Um, maybe even freshman year. I don't know. It's hard to say. Everyone's body's different, but um, <laughs> it's definitely reaching that these points like. Especially in the era that I grew up in, obviously the late twenty, the two thousands and early twenty tens, there was that kind of like expectation, and that like if you weren't in a relationship, you were kind of falling behind, or like you were, um, you know, yeah. you weren't really gonna get anywhere. Like you, there was that expectation you had to be in a relationship, or that you just were undesirable, essentially. Which. That's never a fun feeling to have. And I remember... Yeah, I felt that feeling before. See, actually. see Raptor gets it. <laughs> but I'm um, like... Um, hold up, I'll finish my story. But uh, <laughs> my, my rant, I think that's a better thing for it, rant. But going through, like, middle school, there was... Obviously, I didn't really actively seek out kind of, like, partners. I mean, I did have, like, one crush, I'd say in quotes. Just because I felt like I was falling behind my friends whereas they were all going off and dating and having boyfriends and things like that and I kind of felt a little left out like I was still a child amongst these people who were growing into women and I just felt so left out that it really didn't help especially because like <laughs> my self-esteem took a tank when like no one had any interest in me at all growing through uh, middle school which really uh hurt and going into high school even even though i had like a boyfriend he was pretty much the only one that actually showed any interest in me throughout the entirety of high school uh, there, i was one other person but i don't count him because he was just trying to hit it and quit it and those people don't count because uh they're, they're just going for sex and that they never count they never count you know uh, along that sort of line, one thing I really hate, especially with, like, expectations in, like, high school and middle school and stuff, and just, like, general things, why is it that, you know, a, a guy can sleep, like, a guy in high school can sleep with several women and, you know, be related for it, and, you know, have people, like, think, but as soon as a woman sleeps with 
she's more than before. one guy, she's automatically yeah. a slut. See, that, that was something that bothered me, too. So, Same. even when, um, sorry to cut you off with this, but <laughs> I'm off on a tangent. But, um, even when I was in high school, and obviously I had my boyfriend and things like that, um, he had ended up leaving, like, a hickey on my neck. And, obviously, I didn't know it was there, but my mom was the first one to see it, and she exploded. She went nuts. She immediately went to get me foundation to try and conceal it, um... She told me I was such a bad girl for letting him do that to me, that I'm so grateful that my father didn't see, and how everyone would see me as a slut for letting him do that to me, and I'm just like, oh my gosh. Yes, well, welcome to being a daughter. <laughs> And the expectations that come with them. But no, it's definitely going right there with what Skull said. Because, like, you definitely see all these guys who are just like, Yay, guess who I just slept with? And getting a whole bunch of, like, high fives and stuff like that. Whereas then, like, girls, I, when they yeah. sleep with someone, it's like, Oh my gosh, did you hear she's such a fucking slut? <laughs> high school I hate awful. Yeah. Go ahead. Even in high school, when, when, when even when, I, when someone... Even if I did that, when I did that, I kept kind of kept it like low key. I didn't even say credit. Like I hate when someone like talks about like some experience they had with someone. That just felt gross to me. Or even bragging about it. It's well, it's like, like yeah. Well, it's like it's not something you really need to hear either. Like that—that's something you did in your own time. Yeah. I'm I'm assuming like your room or like their room whatever like somewhere where it's like it's the two of you you're there you're together you're the only two people who need to know about it you know you don't need yeah. to go around and like flaunt it essentially yeah i admittedly i used to have like a had a such huge as ego that granted it developed because of the fact that i was just abused so fucking much and i was picked on so much then when I started to become, feel like I had power, and I felt like big about myself, I used to be, a, I was a dick afterwards, a massive dick, until I had someone humble my ass to the fucking ground and had opened my eyes, forcefully opened up my eyes, and I felt, I felt, like I felt like I, I felt better since. So, um, I just view that shit just... It's just also how some people are, because, again, it's something our society also kind of glorifies, too. Like, um... It's, it's, it's just really bad with how things are. Um, obviously, like, again, with romance, it's something that's kind of, like, shoved down our throats. It's something that's just genuinely expected to happen to us at some point or another when that's obviously not the case. Um, and while I end that little discussion on a romantic, I am going to now open up the discussion on a um asexuality, so then we can just continue go into the even bigger rant about sex <laughs> and that and that. So um, let's have fun with that. So <laughs> obviously, as on the opposite end, this is just basically you don't feel any 
sexual attraction. You can still have sex if you are asexual, just like with a romantic people, you can still be in something of romantic relationships. They are queer platonic ones, mind you, most more often than not. But you can still engage in certain activities when you are this type. Obviously, like they, most people usually are like more sex positive and sex neutral who tend to do this, and they usually do this when they want to like either feel that kind of gratification, they want to make their partner happy, or they're just kind of like curious about it. Like people who are asexual do have sex, not all of them, but some of them do. That is important to remember. I ever will never have sex. Um. At least, maybe not with a man? I don't know. So, this is where it gets really weird. Um, <laughs> so, I will not tolerate the idea, or notion, or anything, of having a sexual relationship with a man. Uh, this is kind of where things get a little weird for me with asexuality. Because um, I can't really fully say uh, if I am fully this or not, because it's a little hard to say. But I know, at least when it comes to men, I am sex-adverse. Because I just do not like the idea of having sex with a man. And it's actually kind of what made me think I was a lesbian after that dream I had. Because I always had thought, like, well, I don't really want to have sex with a man. And because sex is kind of part of the relationships that you have, that you got to have sex to be a partner fully, then... You know, it's something like, oh, well, then I'm this. There's, there's no way I'm asexual. I'm just a lesbian. I just want to have sex with women instead. That's all it is. But when I try to, like, think about that, it just doesn't actually, like, um... It doesn't really go anywhere. It just doesn't exist, actually. <laughs> I don't know. It's weird. Um, I can't really say if I would rather have sex with women, honestly, because I've actually never had a girlfriend. I wish I could, but like, <laughs> that's, that's weird. You know how, it's how some people can be when it comes to the same sex. It's like, you either are very open with a lot of people and just keep shooting your shots, or you just, uh, don't try and you're just like, man, I wish they were gay. <laughs> Not knowing they might be gay. <laughs> it's, it's that kind of thing. And that, that's what I kind of experienced for like a year or two when I thought it was a lesbian because I refused to admit that I was asexual at the time because, you know, people, but, um. No, oh, yeah, this is this is definitely an area where I get a little sad because, um, as uh, one of my friends on Twitter was quick to point out, how one of his tweets about eating pussy got a lot of engagement, whereas when he was just talking about making a language, got like nothing. Which you guys should know which friend I'm talking about. You you've seen him in the Discord. <laughs> <laughs> I kid you not. <laughs> I I saw that, and then like my comment to him is like, well, you know what they say, sex sells, and he's like, yeah, you're not wrong, and I'm like, I know I'm not. That's the problem. <laughs> I, I wish I was um, wrong though. With like ex with like simplifying the explanation of like uh, being arrow and ace, and like the the neutral and positive side of that. Um, one of the artists I follow used the example of, I can eat, but I'm never starving. But it doesn't mean I don't like cooking. To, like, s explain it in a simple way. I, um... Uh... <laughs> oh. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> That's all Wait. I gotta say. <laughs> I, I don't know what else to say to that, to be quite honest with you. <laughs> uh...
I don't get it. It, it makes sense, but it doesn't. Yeah, I'm just sitting here like, I don't fucking get it, but maybe that's just because I'm, you know. Yeah, I don't get it either. Okay, good. I'm not the only idiot here. Thank you. <laughs> I don't so feel I alone. Sort of get it. I sort of get it. Okay. So you, you two get it, me and Raptor are the two idiots sitting in the corner trying to figure it out. Well, it's like, um, you can, you can feel, but the, but you, you're not necessarily, like, needing to eat the meal. Like, it's not necessarily something you crave. Like a snack, right? Like yeah, you don't sort of like need... that. Like you don't need to eat it, but you just feel it's just like it's there, just be there. It's it's not something you need, but you can have it. Yeah. So this is putting dirty shit into my head. Go to sit in the corner. <laughs> you're, you're gonna go sit in the corner alone. I'm leaving you alone now. Bye bye. <laughs> All right. So I know you mentioned this before, Skull. I don't know how much part of this uh community you are, but I'm going to share about it. But that is the poly amorous community. And the flag that I'm sharing is the uh, more updated version because people don't like the old one and this is the current new one, I think. It's hard to say. There's like a bunch of designs and I personally like this one the most, so uh, I went with this one. Sick. But um, I know you had like mentioned in passing you were Polly, but I don't know like obviously like how far that goes for you. <laughs> this is one that like sort of like with where I am right now, it's like, I understand it, but I don't think it's something, like, I can put into a coherent explanation. I might be able to then. So, even before I realized I was Arrow Ace and wanted to do more of the queer platonic relationships, which usually, and I'm gonna say this usually, they are not, like, um, monogamous. They're usually open. Um, not always, often. You, you still get people who want to just, like, be with that one person, technically. But, um, for me, I do fall into the poly category because I've always been the type of person to... This could also be because of my experiences in life. I know earlier I had mentioned I had always seen relatives that were married and how they were always bickering and fighting. And it just led to a lot of strife that, to me, felt like was unnecessary. And maybe it's just, like, because of how I grew up personally and just, like, how I saw the world. And no one was really there to, like, shape how I should have seen the world. I kind of was more or less left on my own. Like, my mother was always busy. My father was always busy. Like, I never dared to go near my father. And I'm not going to lie. Like, that man was scary when I was a kid. Um, he, he didn't do anything bad to us. It was just he was always very grouchy. And you know how grouchy people can be. They're no fun. But, um... <laughs> I didn't really have anyone to really influence my worldview, so I would always just, like, look at these kind of things and be like, what's the point? But I was also that high person to never ask questions because it was kind of, like, beat into me, not really beat into me, but, like, pounded into my head that you need to, like, shut the fuck up and not say a damn word. Like, for the majority of my, like, childhood, I was silent. I did not say a damn thing. Uh, mostly because I was discouraged, too. But look at me now. <laughs> um... But I just remember seeing all this, and I'd be like, why don't they just love everyone? Why do they have to, like, stay with each other and be miserable? Like, why do they have to do this thing? And it's something that kind of carried over into even my adult years, like, sitting here now and looking at it. I'm like, I don't think I myself 
could just commit to one person. Not to say like I have commitment issues or anything like that. It's just I personally think it's very selfish to love just one person. I know that sounds very odd because you have this society where we kind of glorify monogamous relationships where it has to be a man and a woman or a woman and a woman or a man and a man or like non-binary, non-binary, whatever the case might be. But we definitely kind of like glorify it. And I don't know, it feels like it brings up a lot of suffering in turn. Whereas you could easily just be like, hey, we'll do this thing and then we'll just also do it with like other people if we want to. It's also where like communication comes into play because like you have to be communicative uh, in these kind of relationships. You have to be like, okay, I need to set this day to be with this person. I need to talk to this person. I need to make sure everyone knows what's going on. It's that kind of thing. Like it's something that's easy to do yeah. in practice and it is easy, but like you have those people who probably can't do it. And I, I think can't's the wrong word, but um, they would have more difficulty doing it because obviously you do have more people, not really more people, you have those people who are more like jealous and envious and kind of things. And that really has no place in kind of like a polyamorous setting. Yeah. Yeah. You, like, you can't be that kind of person and kind of like try to have multiple player, like multiple um partners. And I, I always find it funny, like, I know you, you kind of bring it up in jokes, Skull, but it's like, why settle for one where you can have them all? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, why do we have to choose? I think that's always something that also got to me, um, like, watching, like, anything that had to do with, like, romance or reading anything, uh, reading, watching, anything that had to do with, like, um, love triangles and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. Like, God, I hate love triangles. Like, why Why do we have to choose? Why can't we have both? Like, it's like, shut up, hold his hand, give him a kiss, and then give the other a kiss. Just yes, shut up, that's all deal with do. it. Like, there's no need for these love triangles. Like, I get that they create, like, tension and drama, which is what we want. But, like, th why don't we just, like, have both? Or if it's more than one person, why can't we just have all of them? Why can't we all just get along? Like, clearly there's some sort of level of attraction here. And it's made even worse whenever people write these love triangles and, like, the rivals have more chemistry with each other than they actually do with, like, the main, like, the main girl or guy. <laughs> That's what makes it great. It's why I ship, like, you know, obviously, like, going into, like, the Miraculous fandom, it's why I ship, like, um... Marinette Kagami and then uh, Luca and Adrian because like they just have so much better chemistry even if it's not on screen it's definitely like the personalities <laughs> it, it's the problem oh my god um I, I need a writer to give me the love triangle trope except the um the the, the two quote-unquote rivals realize they have feelings for each other and they're like screw the main character <laughs> Please. Oh my gosh! It's like yeah, fuck this. We're we're gonna go our own way. We don't need you anymore. Oh, <laughs> uh, that 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 would be great. I'm sure it exists out there somewhere. But like, you get what I mean? Like, why fight when we can just all love each other? That, that's kind of my thing with like the poly thing. It's like I don't want to like necessarily choose because I feel like I should I. I'm capable of loving more than one person. I know I am. Yeah. I've had to love more than one person. If not, obviously, obviously I can't really do it romantically because I don't really feel those kind of feelings. But I know I am capable of showing that level of affection and caring towards more than one person at a time, and I find more gratification from it as well. It's why like, I even told Dandy, I'm like, look, if we're going to do this, I want you... 
Uh, Ghost just said something. Pass it on. <laughs> oh my gosh, Ghost, you're so mean. <laughs> I am not baby muncher. <laughs> it's only funny if you have the full context. Well, I'm sure Thank Ghost. You, ghost. Well. Well, thank you for it's joining us, Ghost, and thank you. <laughs> um, if, if, I'm, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Spooky Spooks is either Ghost or my cousin, question mark. I'm sure you'll find if out here. one so. of them. But, uh, Skull, how, how would you try to describe your, like, experience with being Polly? Like, just feelings more um, than anything. Romantically, I just, like, it definitely felt, like, really strong romantic attraction for, like, multiple people at once. And, like, being in a monogamous almost feels kind of like I'm trapped, trapped, in a sense, it's just like, like, yeah, it's a person I love, and it's like, that's something that I enjoy, but at the same time, it's like, I, I get like this feeling of more. like, you'd be giving more, essentially. Yeah, yeah. I I've definitely felt that... Even if, like, not just with me, because, like, obviously I made it very clear to um, my my uh, Zucchini that, like, um, I, I don't intend to have a monogamous relationship. Like, if it, the time does come that, like, even if either of us, because I made it clear to him, too, like, if you ever have feelings for anyone else, you're more than welcome to pursue them. Like, I will hold nothing against you. I fully encourage it. And, um, obviously it's something new for him, too. Um, he's never had these kind of relationships before. It's always been monogamous, because again, that's just the society we live in. But again, it's very similar with you. Like even when I was with my ex, there were some times where I felt kind of trapped, uh, just kind of being with him. And I wouldn't say necessarily it's because we have like commitment issues, but like you can still feel trapped by something. Um, and people's love can very easily make you feel trapped. So I. I Definitely yeah. feels that there. Um, and again, like... Well, it, it really doesn't help when, like, some people... And, like, the, I, I understand why some people polyamorous relationships or, like, open relationships are un... Like, they're not necessarily, like, as comfortable with it now, and it's because they're not... Oh, you know, it's an open relationship. I mean, I have to... Um, communicate. I don't have to, like, well, we can do whatever. Like, I don't have to say I'm doing this because they'll understand. And that's one thing that people don't always seem to get, is that even if you're in a polyamorous relationship or, like, there's an open relationship, if you don't communicate, it's still cheating. It, it definitely is, because, like, that's, that's where you get into that line. Like, even if you do have um, multiple partners, um... It, you have to communicate. Because the moment you stop communicating, it does become cheating. Uh, I will say that right now. I, I yeah. definitely agree with or, that. Or, you know, the lack of communication in polycules and stuff is why most of them fail, is because one person eventually starts to feel left out and there's not enough communication. 
exactly. And obviously, there's gonna be like some exceptions to this. Um, as long as like the ground uh, rules have been established first, because I know like with Dandy, um, we were talking about it one day, and he asked if like if because obviously I'm not ever gonna have sex with him. I've made it clear at the type of asexual I am, and he asked if he wanted me to ever tell him tell yeah tell me whenever he would go to find like sexual partners and i'm just like that's up to you i don't care you can tell me if you want to i know full well you are more of a like um you feel sexual attraction and that those are things that you do feel and experience and he told me he decided this on himself that he wouldn't share that with me just because i don't know if he doesn't feel comfortable or whatever the case may be but i know that's one of the cases but like it, it definitely just like also depends like the groundwork and everything like that. It's it's complicated, <laughs> but also simple at the same yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. But like no, yeah. definitely like. Well, I mean, like if you don't know like that and then you stop communicating, then yeah, it does become cheating. Yeah, hmm. I mean, like with that communication thing, you don't necessarily have to say exactly what you're going to do as this person. You don't have to go into like explicit detail of, oh, I'm going to do this, this, and this, and then we're going to go do this, this, and this, and then we're going to end the night off with this. Like, you don't have to do that. You can just be like, hey, I, I'm I'm going to go on a date with this person. Is that okay with you? Or like, you don't. Well, here's the thing. Like, even with um, with most like at least in my um perspective it's more like i'm going to be going i like i've got like usually when you get to that okay part it's usually whenever you're telling them initially about the new entry into the relationship usually it's like hey i have an attraction to this person i was thinking about like bringing them into the relationship is that okay and then at that point it's more just setting up like kind of like a schedule i guess you could say it gets a little weird but um it just also depends like how many people you have in the relationship and things like that but then, like, that's when you kind of, like, set a little bit of a schedule as to when you guys are going to hang out so everyone knows and, you know, things like that. Typically. Obviously, that's not always how it goes. Yeah, but, like... typically. And then you have whatever. And then you have whatever. <laughs> yeah, you, you have that. And then you have whatever um, official, unofficial, whatever was going on with uh, Bassie and Akeem. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Just like, oh yeah, just just go do what you're gonna do. I don't care what you do. <laughs> kind of thing. That, that's basically what the relationship was at the end. <laughs> it's like, go, go experience yeah. the world. I don't care what you do. <laughs> hey, Charlie, you have a sibling now. Oh, Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> and then, so, ending out the talking of the flags, I'm gonna bring up the uh, queer platonic one real quick. Just to kind of like briefly just kind of like talk on this again. I know I talked about it a lot already, but I just want to like mention it again because these may be, you know, relationships you guys find yourselves into if you like come across someone who is aromantic. Um, but basically, these are indeed like the relationships right between like uh, friendship and partnership basically like yes you're closer than what friends typically would be traditionally like in society's eyes but you're not quite like partners either like you're not um either romantically or sexually you know partners in that sense um i've seen that that's what i have with uh dandy it's i've always seen what we have is more like queer platonic like we're not quite partners 
but we are more than friends, obviously. And the things that you can do with queer platonic relationships, you can still do like the hugging, the kissing, the hand holding, obviously like platonically marrying, having kids, having sex. It's just like all the things you would do with like a normal relationship, you can do in queer platonic ones. It's just a different sense of feelings, essentially. Like, it's so hard to like fully explain because like I don't know what I'm supposed to be feeling when it comes to these kind of things. And, like, I would assume, for the most part, Ruthless, I know you're demi-romantic, so it's, it's a little different with us. But, mm. like, for Skull and Raptor, you guys kind of know what you're supposed to be feeling. Obviously, it's going to be different with how you guys feel it, but you guys feel romantic attraction. You guys feel sexual attraction. So, like, you know what those kind of feelings are like. Um, but whereas, yeah. for me... I don't really know what those feelings of, like, romance and, well, I, I can kind of get an idea of what sex feels like, at least libido-wise. Because I'm still human, I still feel spikes, not often, mind you, but I'm still human. I still will feel it, but it just, it's something I don't act on. Um, but when it comes to, like, the romance, I don't know what the fuck I'm supposed to be feeling, so a lot of these interactions do feel platonic to me. I can kiss someone and not feel anything. I can hug someone and not feel anything. I've you know, I have not really, like, obviously had sex with Dandy. I have slept in, like, the same bed as him. Like, cuddled and stuff like that. But it's still, it's very platonic to me. But, um, it's basically what that kind of relationship is. And it actually does quite feel nice. But it does, for me, bring along that sense where, um... And I'm going to be quite real with you. Some people who are Arrow Ace may feel this way. And I'm going to get this out. Because it is okay to feel this way sometimes because... You're going to feel it sometimes, but you will sometimes feel a little, um, how's the word I'm looking for? A little broken in this sense, because, again, you don't always know what you're going to be feeling. Um, I know when I got back in contact with my ex, he was very vocal about how it felt like I was neglecting him when we were together. How I never wanted to do the thing, like, you know, make out and kiss and just, like, generally be with him, but... And then when I tried to explain to him that I was, you know, asexual, and I didn't realize it at the time, like, it still lingered, that feeling that, like, I was letting him down, that I wasn't good enough, that I couldn't give everything. And I still feel that way even now, like, even before Dandy, I still had those fears where it's like, well, what if they don't like me because I can't do this, or I can't give myself fully to these people? Um, you, you, still, you still feel those, unfortunately. And it still comes up every so often when I am with Dandy, because even as much as he tries to reassure me that he is happy with what we have, I still will feel like I am not enough for what he needs. Because I know he is a person that feels romantic attraction. He feels sexual attraction. I know these are his, like, that he has these kind of basic needs that I can't necessarily give him. And whenever I'm not fully, like, um, like, the real, I guess touchy is the best way to say it, where I'm not really, like, want to kiss or cuddle or hug and stuff like that, I get a little, like, distant. I can, I can be distant, at least. I'm not a very touchy person at times. I feel like I'm letting him down, and I'm not giving him enough. Even, like, as much as he tries to reassure me. Like, these are still, like, feelings that do crop up from time to time. And I'm sure, like, there are other people who will feel this. And I'm going to say this right now for in case any of you guys come across these kind of relationships. Like, if you find yourself in one, um, just try and be supportive of the people. 
of like the arrow ace people you make arrow people or even ace people or both and you enter these kind of relationships with them just like kind of remember that <laughs> it's they don't know what they're really supposed to be feeling like they can have an idea but it's like we've never actually really felt it so it, it's hard to say what we're supposed to be feeling and it's so frustrating <laughs> Again, going back to when I was thinking about my romance like story, it's like how the fuck am I supposed to write about something when I don't know what I'm supposed to be feeling? <laughs> it's it's that kind of thought basically. And it sucks ass, but like it's something that like obviously not a lot of people were going to understand. So it's like what are you going to do? Just just try and be supportive best you can. That's the best you can do. And that's why like I do like these queer platonic relationships. I can still have that closeness I would um want with a uh like an actual relationship but without like how's the word I'm like uh expectations i guess like people will still view you guys as partners more or less because that's just how society is if people are like a couple or like doing couple things they're automatically a couple in society's eyes more or less but obviously, as we move to like more towards like tolerance and kind of like breaking down what society's preconceived notions are, that also comes crumbling down too. <laughs> Which society is fun, isn't it? <laughs> so, um, how about we uh, move into the next little segment as I get rid of this little uh, queer platonic flag? Um, <laughs> sir. Um, Jordan Peterson voice and his stupid um sage advice. <laughs> oh dear, but um, like moving on to like um, alright, so <laughs> I know like Skull had mentioned this, so um, we're gonna we're gonna talk about this a little bit. Um, gatekeeping that is within the LGBT community, and not even just within the community, but like even just like harmful um stuff that can be tossed your way just for being who you are and how harmful everything is here but mainly like the gatekeeping in the lgbt community because as inclusive and uh what's the word i'm looking for um inclusive and accepting and open and everything is uh, there's still that um uh what's the word i'm looking for er People who try to exclude each other. I think that's the best way to just put it. Um, I don't know how much um, you guys deal with the community. Um, Raptor, I know you're still fairly new to the community. Um, yeah. Uh, ruthless with you, I don't know either um how much you've dealt with the community or like seen what they do uh skull's currently muted so i've seen a lot <laughs> i've seen okay. a decent yeah. amount mostly yeah. online okay well yeah that's, that's definitely worth it oh my god i was muted this entire time you were muted the entire time yeah you were muted god the online okay. community is a totally <laughs> different piece compared to like the in-person community that's for damn sure and also really depends on where you're at location wise because if you're in like florida it's like a whole different beast compared to like that la or um even new york um, being in the lgbt community 
is single-handedly one of the best and worst possible things, excuse me, a person can experience in their life. It's kind of like being part of a fan club, isn't it? For as open and accepting as the community is, as I say in air quotes, we're not. We're really not, you know, like, you know, there's so much acceptance, there's so much respect, and there's not. I've had people in the LGBT community tell me to kill myself for some of the things that, like, you can't be gay and trans. Like, I've had people straight up be like, no, like, die. Like, you can't be both. But I've also had people be like, you know, very respectful of it. It's just, there's two sides of it. And one thing that. One thing that I really hate is that, you know, people keep saying, you know, oh, we're, we're so open and accepting. And, like, people on the outside say, oh, we're so open and, like, they're so open and accepting. They're not. That's the thing. It's like, people refuse to accept it. They refuse to look at the gatekeeping. They refuse to look, you know, there, there's people, oh, you know, this isn't a real sexuality. That's not, you know, that's not something that you can be. Um, you know, it's not even, like, just one thing. Like, I've seen people be like, oh, a a bisexual man is dating a woman. He must just actually be straight. I've seen people try to say trans, non-binary, gender fluid, whatever, that doesn't exist. Like, what you were born as is what you're born. End of story. There is nothing more to that. Like, that's not valid. Like, in and out of the community. There's just so much things like this is my ideal of what LGBT means this is the only valid thing and it creates this really toxic and negative sort of thing for people to have where you know you can say you're accepting you can say you're open or whatever then you turn around and tell someone that, you know, they're not valid, that they don't deserve to be alive for how they feel. And it's just not a great thing. And, you know, with, with so many people now, like, I, I get, like, there's, you know, the different, like, groups of people or whatever from different age groups and whatnot. But still, like, there's that huge divide in what people see as acceptable or unacceptable. And there's still a lot of internalized, you know, homophobia, transphobia, whatever, in the community. And for as progressive as a lot of people can be, and as accepting as a lot of people can be, until people can acknowledge, you know, this is a problematic thing that we're doing, we're never really going to move forward as a community. One thing I kind of have a problem with in general with some some people is how they direct their energy with action of like for instance like the canceling of like going after Netflix for something. Instead of, like, have, trying to be, like, okay, let's try to get protected class before the trans community or try to push for, 
laws that protect them better. Like, I feel some of those type of, that type of shit just doesn't make sense because I could kind of think that you could do other things that could most likely benefit you way more better and broadly help your whole community in general. Instead of just going after one singular person, because it's not just one single person that might be opposing you, opposing you, but is not agreeing with you, like not agreeing your existence. You know? Yeah. And that's, and on that, that's kind of like one of the things that when I heard about the gatekeeping, kind of reminded me, right, reminded me about that. And I'm going to be quite honest, these are things we are going to experience regardless. It's not obviously healthy, and it is very toxic, but it's still something that's going to exist because we are still humans. And humans are kind of conditioned to go against what they believe as, like, kind of groupthink mentality, I guess you could say. Like, I'm part of this, this is what I am, if you oppose it, then... I will do everything in my power to kind of like bring you down. And again, this is stuff that we see both in and out of the community. I see personally a lot of it from outside the community. A lot of the things I see from within are like um the fight for representation. Um, obviously, we're still going to have lots of bad representation because it's just how society is. Um, but even when things can be kind of perceived as good, like people may not always be happy about it, but there are times where like they do just like get upset, but then like <laughs> you have other like co- like content creators be like, well, that are also like in the LGBT community, like, well, they've done this. What have you done for the community <laughs> other than get mad at this person for like one thing they did? Whereas like everything yeah. else they've done. And it's still going to be things, but like, I've kind of tuned out a lot of it. I haven't had any gatekeeping happen towards me, only because, like, if anyone tried, I'd tell them to shove it up their ass. Um, but I have heard people, um, mostly towards, like, my um, spectrum, as the aromantic and the asexual spectrums, people have said that they aren't part of the community, that they aren't actually something that you can feel, that it's all, like, in your head, or, like, you just haven't met the right person, and things like that. Um, obviously that's not the case at all. <laughs> like, these are very genuinely things that you can feel and experience, and it honestly hurts whenever, like, you, you would tell someone that. Obviously no one's ever told me that, because, again, I found out a lot of stuff on my own, for the most part. I had one person who was asexual help me kind of realize what exactly it was, but that's different. He was a little more open about it. He, no, not entirely open. Like, he gave me the Cliff Notes version, not the full in-depth one I had to find out on my own, but, like, you still get that. Or, like, so, I heard this more from my friend who was trans femme at the time. Um, they're not that anymore, but um, I'm, I'm not gonna go into their story because it's not mine to share. But, essentially, they had shared with me, um, kind of gatekeeping that they experienced, which I hadn't had the chance to experience because at the time I wasn't the most open about my gender identity as I was still trying to figure it out. But, um, talking about how, like, um, they're not actually trans unless they transition or they're not actually trans if they don't associate with this kind of label and things like that, even though they were identifying as trans feminine, which, I mean, I, st- I think it's valid that they are trans feminine because their identity doesn't quite match up with what they were assigned with at birth. But 
they may not want to transition because like that was something that kept me from admitting I was like trans or what I thought was trans was I thought that if I had, was going to be trans I had to transition I thought that was a must of the transgender community that like if you're going to be seen as like a trans man or a trans woman that you are going to have to transition at some point in your life and like that was kind of like a must so like now on on that topic there's a lot of debate in the trans community about that um I, i'm still trying to like come to accept a lot of this but there are some things that, like i'm never going to fully understand and it's not even like out of like a malicious thing it's just like based on my experiences and like a lot of other people have experienced is um like most of the trans people i know have experienced some kind of gender dysphoria Like, on some level. And for me, and based on my experiences and stuff, like, it's really hard to fully understand that there are people who can be trans without experiencing gender dysphoria necessarily. But there's so much debate in the community and, like, even just, like, in my state of learning more, I've been called... Truscom, which is like, oh, like, there's only this, this, and this that can be, like, seen as valid to be transgender. Like, you have to, you have to experience these things in order to be trans, or it's not real. And that, that's like just anything from like your non-binary gender fluid. Um, you got the people with neo pronouns in there, and like everything in between, and it's confusing. It's really confusing. And, um, because of that, you know, you've got these, um, you, you've got people where it's like, if you don't experience this, this, and this, then you're not actually trans, you know, you're just doing it for the attention, you're just doing it for food. The clout. And it's, it's so hard. Because, like, everyone, it, it's hard. It definitely is, especially when we do have people out there who are indeed doing it for the clout, because I know there have been controversies about, like, obviously straight cis, uh, like, even YouTubers claiming that they were gay during Pride Month just to get, you know, the viewers, um, you know, and that kind of stuff, which I kind of get some of that, because, like, you never know who's going to be genuine, who, who's telling the truth, and, like, but at the same time, you don't know what people are feeling, because... The society, I'm going to say it's from America's society, because three of the four of us are American, um, and I yeah. cannot speak for the other nations and countries and how they handle their um, their LGBT communities, but I can at least say in America, it's fucking fucked. Um, it is. You, you see in the South, like, uh, kind of the Midwest, um, that it, it's really being pushed back on. You see in Florida what's going on. Um, Mm-hmm. Which ruthless? You, I live there. Yeah, you you know more about that than I would. Um, you see a little more tolerance in some like, I'd say more bigger cities because like you obviously have like the Pride Parade in Chicago coming up here. I think in like a week or so, something like that. I don't know when it's supposed to be exactly, but um, you, you see some of the like the tolerance obviously, but then you still have those like parties who just want nothing to do with like the LGBT community. They call obviously LGBT like some adults groomers when 
you know, they're completely, some of them are misusing that term, um, it's just, like, stuff like that, like, sadly, this is just the kind of place we live in, and a lot of the, the problem with that, like, why we still see some of that, uh, carry over into the community is because some of these people were raised that way, they were raised in those very homophobic, homophobic, um, racist environments, that it just kind of fostered and developed in them. And those habits can be very tricky to kick. I'm not saying it's impossible. However, it is difficult. It can be very yeah, difficult. hard. It yes. is difficult. I uh, like Ruthless and Raptor. I'd probably say maybe you two would probably know best. Because like Ruthless, you live in Florida. And like you've got the whole thing going on in Florida. And you know Raptor, you live in like the southern Middle East. <laughs> Yeah. Not Middle East, Middle West. <laughs> the Midwest. I'm tired. Don't mind me. They're like, do you live like, what is it, Oklahoma, right above Texas? <laughs> yeah. And we all know how Texas is like, woo! <laughs> yep. And also <laughs> my Canadian past noises. religious experience. Yeah, like, what kind of, like, what kind of experience have you had in, like, Oklahoma um, for you? Well, um, obviously, uh, Oklahoma, as you probably know, far right-wing state, far mm-hmm. conservative. Um, there's, uh, definitely not a lot of people, especially in school, that, uh, that really accept people in LGBT and even use gay as an insult. And uh, even my mom uh, is a little, uh, she kind of has a little homophobia. She she was raised to believe that being gay is a sin and all that stuff. And and even when I told her I was bi-curious, um, she uh, did not take that the way uh, I hoped she would. And I'm, I'm going to stop it at that. Yeah, I was going to say, like, share only what you're comfortable with. Um, I know, because you're, you're still new to the community, like, so, like, again, like, only share what you're comfortable with. Uh, some of us are a bit more different, like... Me and Skull, like, we've been in the community a little bit longer, but even then, like, what we're willing to share is different, like, I don't give a flying fuck anymore, so I'll be the first to say this, I haven't really experienced much where I live, which is Indiana, but because of where I live, I'm close enough to Chicago, where it's a bit of a melting pot, mixing pot, whatever the fuck the term is, but, um, you still get some people who aren't very open, because I was at work, and on my lanyard are a bunch of pride pins and stuff like that and i had one person um i think he had no they 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 had worked in chicago for a time and chicago is obviously a very big city with like a lot of diversity so you know you're gonna get that kind of things but they were telling me how strange it felt to go from a place that would respect your identity and refer to you as how you wanted to be to a place that kind of just um, ignored it for the most part, which is kind of where I where like they moved to, which is where I live and work. 
and I, I did agree because more more often than not, because when I had been in the trans community as like a trans man for a short time, I had worn a pronoun pin to like say like, hey, I these are my pronouns, please please adjust me as this. Um, I haven't found a good one for the non-binary one yet, but um, even then, like most people would ignore the pin or not see it and still refer to me as a she/her at that time. There'd be a few people who would notice after the fact, and then they'd get really freaked out. They'd be like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry, I didn't mean to, like, misgender you. And it's like, no, 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 it's fine. You'd be surprised how often that happens. So, like, you still get a lot of that, unfortunately, and it's really sad. Um, especially when we have a lot of communities in our country, like, um, like with Raptor's family and my family, who either don't want to accept it can't really understand it or just um kind of somewhere in between where like they are trying to understand it but they're just like i don't understand it at the same time because like my aunt is very religious and um uh, my cousin elaine came out as a lesbian and to be fair like they already had kind of strife going on there so like that was no big issue uh, or strife on top of the strife pretty much um, but when me and my sister kind of came out, I, I didn't really officially tell the family. My sister was probably a little more forward about it than, um, I was. My, my big announcement to my family was that a, um, a Facebook banner saying I'm gay. <laughs> that was, that was my introduction to my family that I was gay. But the thing that my aunt had said was, love the person, hate the sin. She's that type of person. So, um, she, she still loves me. However, she won't acknowledge the fact that I'm gay. And if she does, she's going to acknowledge it as a sin. She's that kind of person. And we're still going to have those yeah, kind of communities. I and think it's... Oh, sorry. I think it's kind of a similar thing uh, with my mom as well. She still exactly. loves me because I'm her son. Duh, duh. Yeah. Uh, that's probably the big thing that kind of differs between um, your mom and you and my cousin and her mother, my aunt, because um, there was already strife beginning um, because my cousin was questioning her religious beliefs and had came out to her mother and said, I don't believe in God. And that was the start of the problems yeah. there. Um, and then when she just came out as gay, I think that was just like the icing on the Icing on the cake. Yeah, it was the icing on the cake. That was that was yeah. it. Um and then obviously yeah. all of us are coming out as gay. Uh, they say like, I'm gay, my sister's gay, my cousin's gay, my cousin Hunter might be gay, we don't know yet, because like, he's still like a teenager, so he's still figuring, I'd say he's figuring all that shit out. He's a fucking gamer. <laughs> he spends all his time on his laptop. <laughs> it's great. Um, but no, yeah, like, there, there's a lot of us in the family who are coming out as gay at this point, and... My uncle Micah is like trying to understand it, which I appreciate him for that. Uh, but my aunt isn't. My grandmother, my grandmother's a sweetheart. She just, she's just like, I love you all. I don't care. Just don't explain it to me. <laughs> it, it's that kind of situation. Like you have those parents who are like, I will support you, but I don't understand it, and I probably never will. But I just support you. Is that kind of thing? Yeah, yeah, that's my grandmother. Like my not new grandma. And that's one thing, too, is, like, you, you don't necessarily have to accept, you know, that you don't necessarily have to accept the LGBT community as it is. What's more is you have to be respectful of it, at least. Like, you, you can't expect someone to be respectful to you if you're not going to respect them. 
But at the same time, there's a lot of people in the LGBT community as well who, like, they push and push and push and expect someone to respect them. But by doing that, they're being incredibly disrespectful at the same time. And that I just kind of feel like is, like, like a growing experience I need to experience. Because, like, there are those people, either, like, young in life or late in life, that do feel like they are due respect, even though they're not. It's just something that they need to learn in time, um... Again, I kind of, it's kind of sad. I kind of view the LGBT community kind of like a fandom, essentially, because it, it pretty much functions like one almost, um, just with more like real world implications on it and um, consequences and stuff like that. But the people within it, at least the younger ones, act very much how you'd find in a fandom, um, especially with the level of toxicity and gatekeeping that you see, um, unfortunately. But. On the topic of all the, like, expecting respect and not um, really giving that in return, people and pronouns, you know, like, th there's a difference between like, accidentally getting misgendered and someone doing it maliciously. And people get overly offended by it, you know? They're, they're definitely not everyone... Not everyone who um, walks in, if you're working customer service, oh not everyone gosh. who, like, just as an example or whatever, I'm not, like, trying to target you, Lewis. No, like, I mean, I had just mentioned this, too. It's a general thing, like, if you're, if you're wa walking into a place, and you get misgendered or whatever, and it's, like, unintentional... That's fine, you know, not everyone is going to walk into a store or whatever and automatically get beamed with, like, you know, that's a guy, that's a girl, that's neither. Right. And, and what um, Skokie said, you'd probably be able to um, relate to this more, Skokie, how in Canada, gender identity and expression are federally protected in human rights, and how they think yes. um, it's more like uh, yes. can conversation therapy is straight up illegal or can conversation therapy conversion or? therapy conversion okay i can't read um in most places if not all provinces is illegal it's a lot yep. of work but like and here's the um, thing. i know in america it's technically um protected under federal uh rights as like human rights um to like a person's self that you need to at least respect it um Obviously, because yeah. people have gotten fired over it in jobs and gone to social media, like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this. But, like, it is definitely something to be respected in America yeah. as well. However, it's not always, and people are still bigoted. <laughs> yeah. And that's never really going to change. But what we can change is our reaction. Because a lot of people, well, at least, like, younger people, I mean, I, I'm not one of the people where it's like, you know, oh, I got misgendered or whatever accidentally, I'm gonna get offended, like, get up in that person's face and just get mad, you know, like, how dare you call me this, that's not where I am, you know, this is what I am. And there are lots of people who do that, or it's like, um, I I've seen a lot of people where it's like, oh my god, that's not a she, that's a they. And it's just like, the way that they go about it, when someone doesn't know, people don't know automatically, especially if you're in the process of transitioning or, like, I know it's hard for a lot of non-binary people, too, because, like, some people don't necessarily, like, come off as that, like, neutral as well as others. But even with the non-binary, like, just using they-them, a lot of people kind of forget about that, and they just default yeah. to what you are, like, what you were born as. Yeah, or what you look like. 
And, um, with that, you know, the reason why people make such a big deal of it, at least, you know, from what I understand, is, like, there are so many people who get really offended, just, like, overly offended when someone who wasn't doing it maliciously and didn't know their pronouns beforehand misgenders them. And there's a difference, you know? It's okay to accidentally misgender someone if you don't know what their pronouns are or if you're trying to get used to it and you're trying to be patient, like, correct yourself or whatever. What's not okay is when you're doing it maliciously. You know, this person is a trans woman. She identifies by she, her pronouns. I'm going to call her he. I'm going to call her it. Like, just not... Like, just being rude about it. Almost dehumanizing them in a way. Pretty much. But, like, again, with, like, the whole, like, pronoun thing, because, like, because of, like, I, I don't want to really say overreaction, but, like, just the intense reaction that some people do give whenever they are um, misgendered, it does kind of ward off some people from trying to be respectful, because even when, because I was at TJ Maxx before I actually went to Adidas, when it came to the times that I was, like, a trans man, um, I had some people, even at TJ Maxx, where they're like, is it okay if I ask you what your pronouns are? Like, they were afraid to genuinely ask me what my pronouns are, because they were afraid I might flip out on them. And that kind of thing. So, like, it, it's caused some definite issues where, like, I know there's a lot of people who don't get, um, like, you know, obviously offended, it's like, it's whatever, it's just like it's, you said, Skull, not everyone's going to know immediately what, you know, yeah. you are. Yeah. Um, mm. spooky spooks, that's exactly why I jokingly get offended when it does slip, like, you know, I'll, I'll give off that, oh my god, how dare you thing, but like, I do it as a joke. Because I understand it's ridiculous, you know, there's no point in getting overly upset about it. Because it's it's a flip-up, it happens all the time. And there's no point in getting mad at it. Or freaking out about it. Because I have people yeah. who still, like, they'll be like, excuse me, sir. And then the moment I say something, they realize, like, my voice is, far, like, is like a woman's voice. It's, uh, it's a feminine voice. And they're like, oh my gosh, I didn't yeah. realize you were a girl. I'm like, sir, I don't fucking care what you call me. And they're like, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Yeah. It's easy, that kind of thing. I'm just like, eh, it's fine. And, um, honestly, this ties really good into the thing about neo-pronouns. Neo-pronouns are 100%... Neo-pronouns are 100% valid. You know? No, they definitely are. It's not something I'm familiar mm -hmm. with. Like, it's something you definitely brought up to yeah. me. But, um... Yeah. They're definitely valid. They are a little confusing, I'm not going to lie. Oh, yes. But Neo pronouns are, are like their own language, from what I've learned. They Because it's like, um. Well, depending on how the pronoun is set up, it's got like different. Um. It, it's like, it's like, um, grammar, essentially. Like, there's different, um. Endings, or like. Um, I forget what they're called. Um, there's a term in French, essentially, that, like, groups different, um, different, like, ways of saying certain things. And it's complicated, because, like, it's not necessarily just, like, it's all branching off of they. 
I, like some neo pronouns branch off of her, some branch off of he, and like it's it's complicated in how to pronounce it and like the way they're used in a sentence. It's hard to understand. But um, with neo pronouns, especially like the really obscure, only one person's using them. It really sucks when people get overly offended by it. And, like, the thing with the neo-pronouns is a lot of people I've seen who don't like them, it's, you know, they're, they're starting to kind of be seen as a joke by some people because of how people who use neo-pronouns can sometimes react and get that explosive anger, you know. That's not what I identify as, you know, don't call me this, don't call me that, don't call me this. I am this. And nobody would have be able to guess like it's completely valid like the people who are very respectful about their neo pronouns all respect to you you know have a wonderful day just much respect but to the people who um get overly upset about it and just like i, I get it sucks being misgendered or like mispronounced but you can't get overly offended when someone who didn't know doesn't use the right pronoun. You can't be offended unless they're doing it maliciously. You know, it, it can it, it, it can suck. But don't blow up people, because if you want people to respect it, or like come to understand it as something that's valid and respectable, then respect and dealing with it in a mature and respectful way has to be done or it's never going to be seen as something positive it'll just progressively spiral further and further into this thing where everyone sees it as a joke or something to completely ignore which goes into our final talking point regarding respect things blowing out of proportion being taken as a joke something that definitely needs to be addressed as a whole within our lovely community. It doesn't have to do with pronouns, but with preferences and what became of the super streets. So, yeah. Ruthless and Raptor. Okay, I don't know about Raptor, but Ruthless and Raptor, how well do you know about super streets and that whole thing? I, I, rem I remembered it when, when I was, like, going through my fucking, like, going through my whole process. Like, going through the process of of getting into it. That's like one of the one of the big things I saw. First big things that I saw. That was booming. Uh, well, to be honest with you, I'm not even familiar with the term super straights. Okay. So Oh boy. If I'm not mistaken, Skull, it's still fairly recent ish. Like it's not totally new, but like it's not totally dead either. Like but it's a more recent thing. It's like, uh, past year or two, something it's like not that. This it's not necessarily, like, a new thing so much as it's an excuse for people to dehumanize trans people or be incredibly rude about it. You know, well, you, you can to be fair, respectful. Okay, so, like, to be fair, what it was was a, um, an attempt to turn a, um, what was pre uh, preference-based into, like, its own thing, which is, um, let me kind of just like quickly explain it to you, Raptor. A, I think it was a guy on TikTok. I think it was TikTok because everything happens on TikTok. Um, <laughs> uh, mm -hmm. He said that he um, didn't want to basically date uh, trans women. 
that he wants a essentially he wanted like a fully like genuine woman like someone who was born a woman and identifies as a woman so like a cisgendered woman essentially mm-hmm. and that they would create their own kind of like sexuality called super straight and basically meaning like he would not date any trans women he would only date cis women now there's one thing I've seen before I've seen this seen this once and I, I'm sometimes trying to comprehend is like when when someone is trans and they're not upfront about it to the person that they to then and they went through the surgery and everything um, and they look very like they don't like you can't tell that they're tra- trans at all and then they just kind of spring on them and they're like on the partner on, and they'd be like what <laughs> no. Um, can I add something to this, please? Um, with that, and this is just kind of like, from what I understand, a lot of trans people don't like to accept that they are trans, you know, that's not what they want to be seen as, they want to be seen as, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not a trans man, I am a man, I'm not a trans woman, I am a woman. And, like, there are people who that's what they want to be seen as. And so if they've gone through, like, the whole, you know, upper, lower, like, everything is visually, like, that. And they pass really well. There are people who won't say anything or don't want to because, you know. um, They want to be seen as that. Yeah. Or, like, to say anything else. Um... To say anything else, they feel as though they'd be seen as less than what they are. And so, you know, it's perfectly, um, it's perfectly a valid thing, but at the same time, you know, people need to understand, like, okay, not everyone's comfortable with sharing that thing, but if you're going to be in a relationship, then, you know, that's got to be something... And as much as it sucks to talk about it, that is something that you need to say at some point. Yeah. It's not to, like, just spring it on randomly, especially because there are people who it's like they don't understand it, and if it's something they don't understand, a lot of people get scared and will run away. Or, you know, like, leave the person or whatever. And for that, there's also, like, preference, you know, some, like... Some trans men, some trans women, whatever, they don't do the, the lower surgeries. Um, partially because it's not something they feel they need to do, and also because those surgeries are very um, risky. Yeah. Because you're, you're messing with very sensitive parts of the body. And because of that, you know... There are some some guys, girls, or whatever that are off put by the thought of okay, this person I am dating, um, like oh, that's um not what I'd expect. So it's just um, people will, you know, it's just oh, you know, that's not something I'm into. And to some of these and people too, they could see it as like not being like real either like you yeah know, gone through the yeah. like, obviously like the sur- the top and bottom surgeries they can still look at them like oh it's not like real it's not like genuine 
Yeah. And that's perfectly valid. What's not valid is, um... Transphobia? Yeah. And a lot of people with the super straight thing are using it basically to excuse their transphobia. And dehumanize, you know, trans people, non-binary people for it. Like, yes, there is, like, those people doing that, but, like, it's also always existed within the LGBT community to a lesser extent, because, like, uh, let's not forget about lipstick lesbians, where they will not yeah. date a girl who's touched a man in any sense of way. Like, touched a man's, like, you know, dick. And, like, you know, there's yeah. even, like, lesbians and gay men amongst the community who won't date trans people. And, yeah, you know, that kind of stuff. I mean, it's perfectly valid if you're respectful about it, you know, like, See, it's there. I, like, I don't mind the super straight as, like, an idea. Like, it's fine yeah. if you want to, like, broadcast your preferences. Yeah. Like, just be respectful about it, because you're not going to get the respect back if you want respectful in turn. Yeah. And I mean, I know that, like, a good portion of the people who are using super straight as a thing, like, a lot of people I've seen, at least, are trolls. And just using it to be like, haha. Assholes. Yeah. But then there are other people who are just genuinely trying to be transphobic. Well, the few people who, who do feel as though, like, super straight is, yes, like, this is what I want to go by to express it. You know, they're getting caught up in the, the storm of all this negativity and stuff where it's like, I, I just wanted to express that, you know, I respect that this is something that people are, you know, transgender people exist, but at the same time, like, it's not something that I'm necessarily comfortable with, like, in a relationship. Exactly. And like, like we said, preferences are fine because, like, we all have our own type of preferences. Like, with Skull, you said that, like, you know, romantically you are pan-romantic and you have no issue dating anyone, like, romantically based on yes. gender. But when it comes to, like, sexual relationships, you'd rather obviously be with a man. Ruthless, I know you've said, like, you prefer women more to men, but you are more of, like, a... Would you say, like, more pansexual or bisexual? It's, like, it's kind of, like, iffy. Like, I I think I'm... I'm there's a... I'm a, like I would say sixty percent pan. Like okay. I think there's a sixty percent chance of me being pan, but I also there's also forty percent chance of me being bi. I haven't had like an experience with enough like a like a day them or like a non-binary person yeah. or like ill or intersex like someone along that like someone like who may not fall into that binary essentially yeah. And Raptor, I know you're still new to the community, and like you, like I know you've kind of like developed a bit of taste for like more like feminine, effeminate boys, like femboys. Yeah. But like you're kind of like still kind of looking around. Yeah, I'm still kind of looking. Uh, I do. Yes, I do have eyes for fem femboys, uh, but I am trying to look at other things as well. I am having my doors open that way, yeah. And, like, even for me, I know, like, I'm technically, along the lines, like, for my queer platonic relationships, I am pan, but I do tend to feel like I have more of a draw towards women than I do for men. Like, I can easily create a better, like, bond with men because 
that's just how I've always been. I've always been able to like become friends with men easier than I have women. But like I always I do find women far more aesthetically pleasing than I find men aesthetically pleasing. But like I, I've never really had the experience with a woman before because I am biologically a woman and like that's it's not always the easiest thing to do. Um, obviously, like, getting a girlfriend when you are a girl, because <laughs> we've all seen the memes about lesbians. It's like, man, they're awesome, or man, they're cute, I wish they were gay. <laughs> that's that's where I fall in. It's like, I, I like that experience, but I don't know if I'll ever have that experience, personally. But, you know, that's, that's just me. And then, of course, like, not everyone is cool with having, like, a poly relationship, either. Like, yeah. even when I told my sister about it, she's just like, uh, I don't think I could do that. Like, how can you do that? It's like, it's just something I can do very easily. Trust me. Admittedly, yeah. I once. And that's and perfectly that too. Go ahead, Ruthless. What were you saying? Oh, no, you go ahead, Skull. Oh, no, I was just, with, with what Lotus was saying, I was just saying, like, the preference thing is valid. <laughs> Yeah, like, there's so many different preferences that you all could, like, fall into, like, um, wanting, like, polyamorous relationships versus, like, monogamy, um, the type of boys you like, the type of girls you like, if you want to have sex with men, if you want to have sex with women, like, it just, there's definitely lots of preferences. Like, I understand the super straights for, like, being obviously, like, a trolley thing, and, um, obviously, like, not wanting to date trans people, but you're still gonna have even, like, you know, gay men who don't want to date trans men, and you're gonna have lesbians who don't want to date, um, trans women. Like I said, we even have things like the lipstick lesbians who don't want to have any kind of, anything to do with other lesbians who have, you know, had relations with men in the past, which means they wouldn't want to be with bisexual or pansexual women. So, like, you know, this stuff still exists in the community itself. It just got a little more blown out of proportion, I would say, um, when it came to, like, super straight. Because, one, it's it's obviously people kind of trolling. But then you, like Skull said, you very much have those people who took it seriously. Um, and that they did want to identify as this because they felt it... Um, uh, you know, resonated with them if they did or didn't know the true, um, you know, consequences of what it meant. Yeah. Because, like, not everyone's going to understand, you know, the community, the people within the community, all the different spectrums and stuff like that. That's always something we do need to remember. It's honestly sometimes hard to remember because, um, it's, um, uh, easy to forget because being part of the community for so long it's all I see at this point I am so immersed into it that I kind of forget that not everyone knows what it is it was actually um, one of my managers at TJ Maxx who uh, had said that she has no idea what any of it means and I'm pretty sure there was only one manager who did and that's because he was part of the community himself like, a lot of the people I worked with at that time did not know much about the community. There's still some people I work with at Adidas who don't fully understand it either. But I, I believe more of them have a better understanding than the people at TJ Maxx did. So, you know. But, like, you know. Yeah. It's just how it's... It's something we have to, like, keep in mind as we do progress um, closer to tolerance. Or, like, a better understanding of tolerance. It's like, not everyone understands... Um, 
And the biggest thing we do need to remember is that we people won't begin to understand if we don't take the time and explain it, essentially. Um, yeah. Because otherwise, no one's going to fully understand. Like, they may not even fully understand or get the picture anyway, because it can be confusing. Again, like, a callback to when I was trying to explain to one of my older co-workers about Sarah and her transitioning. Uh, it was just something that that uh, co-worker had a very hard time understanding. Like, she was listening and she was trying to understand it, so I can give her points for that, but like, you can see very clearly the confusion. And that's gonna happen. Not everyone's gonna understand this kind of stuff. Not even my own family yeah. understands this kind of stuff. Yeah. Like, even with my um, uncle and my cousin, like, he's like, I, I'd be fine if he's gay, but I just want to know what he is. And I'm like, well, he might be this. And then they just ignore me. I'm like, well, okay. <laughs> I see how it is. Yeah. And yeah, with I... that, too, it's just like, it, it's hard to understand. Like, there, there are things, even as someone in the community, there are things that we don't understand yet or, like, won't understand fully. Unless that's what we're experiencing. Exactly. It's again. I'm gonna bring this up because again, it's like with the asexual um, and aromantic kind of spectrums, because it does create a big divide when it comes to the community. Because um, now I know Jaden Animations kind of pointed this out in her video too when she came out as Arrow Ace. Um, how the community is more built on an understanding of the love and sexual feelings that they all kind of experience. And it kind of like brings them closer together. But whereas where you have like the Arrow Ace people, it creates a divide because we don't know what we're supposed to be feeling. We've never actually really felt these like genuine like attraction and emotions that go with it. Like we can have an understanding of what it is. However, we don't fully know what it's like to feel that. Because, like, I'll reference it again, like, as I write, like, romance into my stories, I sit here and I'm like, how are they supposed to feel right now? Because like, I get that way with Sparrow and Vanguard. How is she supposed to be feeling towards this character? When, like, she does, I, mean, I don't even know how she's supposed to feel. Like, is she supposed to be getting giddy? Like, how is, like, she's supposed to process these, like, thoughts in her head? Like, I'm processing it, like, if she was ace. And that's not a good thing, because she's not supposed to be that way. And I'm like, oh, no, what what if I fuck this up? <laughs> or, like, with Otherworldly. Again, like, it's supposed to be, like, a lesbian romance. And I'm just sitting here, like, how do I write these characters? <laughs> They're supposed to fall in love when I don't even know what love is or what what romantic love is. I know what love is. I just don't know what romantic love is. <laughs> but no, yeah. it's definitely a lot of like understanding that we just can't get because we don't know what it feels like. Because that's something a lot of people in the community won't understand. Even for like my perspective, they won't understand really what it's like for someone who is a romantic or and or asexual, and what they actually feel. It's just easier to say sometimes. You don't know what you're saying. Um, you haven't met the right person. You haven't had the right experiences. It's often easier to say these things than it is to actually understand, and. Yeah. That's just the yeah. problem. We need to make the effort to get better. Not really get better, but like to understand. 
understanding is the key to everything. Um, obviously, it's not going to be easy because we're not all going to have the same experiences. Um, the best we can do is just listen to other people and their experiences. Not to belittle and berate them for what their experiences may be, just because it doesn't match what we had or what we may have experienced. Because, again, all you guys, Ruthless being a slight exclusion to this, uh, Raptor and Skull, you guys, again, you don't really fall into the aromantic or the asexual spectrums. You guys do indeed feel those type of attractions. Whereas Ruthless, I, you kind of make clear, like, you do kind of, like, experience some sexual attraction, but the romantic attraction is a little bit harder for you to feel. It is hard. Like, and also sometimes it gets, like, the sexual attraction and the romantic attraction sometimes get confused. And I remember one relationship. I had those feelings, like, so confused that I hurt someone. And I just, I kind of went, and then I kind of just went off casual about it because I just realized that I didn't feel that connection. And, like, and that, then it's going to happen, too, unfortunately. Because, yeah. like, again, we don't always know what we're feeling, and especially in a society that's uh, taught us that romantic and sexual is basically synonymous with each other, it's very difficult to separate those feelings. Like, um, like, Skull, I don't know how the process exactly was for you, like, I know you, like, Katie Brief described how, like, romantically it doesn't matter to you what gender they are, but sexually, like, you prefer men. Like, that's the um, whole thing there. <laughs> with, with that, it's kind of, um... Just something about the thought of it, for me. Like, the the thought of that kind of relationship and that is just, it's not something that I necessarily see myself doing, and, like, because of, you know, certain things, like, I don't, I don't feel like I'd ever be comfortable doing that. I mean, that, that's totally fair, too. Or it's just like... Yeah. It's these kind of feelings you know. It's like... Kind of like how I mentioned earlier, like... In terms of like my asexuality, I know when it comes to men, I am sex-adverse. However, I can't say for sure if I'm the same way towards women. Because, again, I, I will not entertain the idea of sex with a man. Absolutely not. Like, it's, it's just a big no, and it'll just go right in the trash. Um, but when it comes to women, I can't be 100% sure, because, one, I do find women far more aesthetically pleasing. I mean, that's just how I always have been. I've always been surrounded by women, and it's just something I always kind of gravitated more towards. Um, I do find some men okay-looking, but I find men more appealing for their personalities, whereas women are just you know, kind of lacking in that around here, in my opinion. But that's also just because women interacting with other women isn't exactly the easiest relationships to build, if I'm being entirely honest. It's very, um... almost feels artificial at times. Trying to create a uh, relationship with another woman, like, as a friendship. Yes, it really, it really depends on 
who you're dealing with and what beast you're, yeah. you're dealing with. And it also really depends on definitely. their defenses. It, yeah, definitely. Does. Like, it, it, people are just very complicated <laughs> just dealing with them. I guess in, in the end, I've had like better um, relationships in the end with men than I have with women. Mostly because I've just been hurt by women in the past, so it's it's a little bit harder for me. But, um... This uh, is just, like, generally complicated. It is very complicated. Sexuality is complicated. People are complicated. Socializing is complicated. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's all Romance is complicated. Everything is complicated. How What's we not feel, complicated? What we're not supposed to feel, what society thinks we're supposed to feel. Everything is very complicated. But the most important thing we just need to remember is that um, everything is a spectrum. There is no you have to be this or you have to be that. You are allowed to be somewhere in the middle. I, I mean, just look at me. I'm kind of somewhere in the middle for everything. You are allowed to have preferences to what you like. You can like women more than you like men, or you can like men more than you like women. You could prefer to have sex with men or women. It doesn't matter. It's all your personal preference. And as long as we remember that, that everyone's experiences are different, um, not everyone is going to understand, but we can help them to understand, then we can start making a difference. It's going to be a slow one, though, mind you. Yeah. It's like, the world is fucked. <laughs> let's, let's be fair in that regard. Like, you know, after Ruthless and I are, you know, full-blooded Americans over here, <laughs> having to deal with our crazy-ass country, Ruthless dealing with yeah. whatever the fuck's going on in Florida. To be fair, I kind of think is gonna. I think the governor is gonna be thrown out, especially with the other like him pulling the fake populist tap dance bullshit he's been doing. Because like his facade of being a populist is just not non-existent. Like he can't. He, his facade is just bullshit, and he's been burning all the bridges. Well, we'll have to see when your guys' elections come up when that happens. But no, yeah, and you know, I can't. I can't really say how it is over in Canada because that's your thing, Skull. You know that better than I do. But, um, no, yeah, over here in America is a little fucked. Um, dealing with it on all fronts here. <laughs> but, I, I really know necessarily. I'm, like, small town Saskatchewan. Um, I've never really lived anywhere but in a small town, and I don't really, like, pay attention to the news and stuff either because most of it's just, like, depressing. The same over and over again and um, just like it's, it's not necessarily relevant to where I live either and um, I guess like with New City soon I'm gonna have to start paying attention a little bit more and um, I guess then I'll be able to like kind of learn more and like understand more about how things are here. Because shifting from, like, small is definitely, it's definitely um, gonna be a whole new experience. Oh, it is. 
But um, you guys have anything else you want to add to this, or how we feeling tonight? We are reaching. I'm I'm still running out of. I'm starting to run out of things to talk about, and I have other things yeah. I have to go do. Alright, are like, ready to tired. call it then? We've had a long, yeah. productive night. Yeah, I think so. Alright, so we're going to call it for the night. Um, we will be back, I believe, next week. Correct? Next Wednesday? Most of us? Raptors appending, maybe? Yeah, next Wednesday. Yeah, uh, next Wednesday is the 8th. Yes. Oh, I'm excited. Unless if I'm too busy packing for my trip, then I should be there. Okay, so we should ideally have oh, I'm excited next week. Um, I can give you a quick preview of what it is we will be doing. Uh, where is my notes? Notes, notes, notes. Uh, okay, so next week... We're next going, week! We're going to be diving into actual LGBT representation. We may have talked on it, briefly touched on it um, in this here like mentioned it but we are definitely going to um talk about it more next week as well as what re representation we have now as well as what we may have had to read between the lines in the past yeah so i hope you guys had fun this was a fun experience hearing and... that um pop yeah. topics I feel like I'm going to go on a tangent on a bunch of YouTubers and even on a rant about Joe Rogan and how change. Well, we'll see about that. Hold, that. hold on to that for next week, all right, Ruthless? <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. all for next week. Get, get your material now. We get to all that. I'll, I'll even bring up Miraculous, too. Don't worry. Miraculous gets a spotlight. It's got some LGBT characters. Yeah. Have fun. That one, uh. I, I, I despise Lady Book. All right, all right. <laughs> all right. We're, we're cutting it off here. Hope you guys have yeah. a good night, and uh, we'll see you all next week.